If you didn't know it until now, you are the Common Sense Nation. And this is Radio Free Almond. Good morning, you bunch of drunks. In the evening breeze, listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you, please, don't fence me in. Don't fence me in. Just turn me loose. Let me straddle my own saddle underneath the western skies. On my guides, let me wander over yonder till I see the mountains rise. I want to ride to the river. Morning, Miss Morning, everybody. Good morning. It's already Thursday. It's already Thursday here in the Gateway City, the Dubai State region. What is the weather? TV, they always call the Dubai State region. Like, nobody really talks like that ever, but. <laughs> you know, the Dubai State region is seeing its worst ever. It's like. Who talks like that? I, I, it's like, who uses the term blaze to describe a fire? You ever use the word blaze to describe a fire, my friend? <laughs> I do not. I don't either. Boy, that, that house sure is a blaze. It's like, no. Did you see that blaze the other day? Nah, people don't talk like that. But they use it in the news all the time. The three-alarm blaze. It's like, no. You could say it went up in a blaze. Yeah. And normally, that would be reserved for like a Jeffrey Chaucer novel or something. Why the hearth was ablaze with love and tenderness, although Chaucer was a little more bawdy. You ever read Canterbury Tales? Oh, I, I'm sorry, I forgot. We were the two. We're the two point sixers. So um, <laughs> yeah, we, I, we, we kind of read Canterbury Tales. <laughs> we looked at. We looked at the. Uh, did you have when you were in school? Did you have the the synopsis of the books? Like you could, you could get. Oh like yeah, a, like a cliff note. Cliff note oh, yeah. of the book. Or even better, you watch the movie, but then you come to find out, <laughs> you take the test, and the movie was nothing like the novel. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there was some way the teachers kind of detected all that. Oh, they, yeah. they, they found some way to, uh, to, to figure that out somehow, that you were oh, really yeah. reading the cliff notes instead of the actual book. Like There must have been like... Maybe some code words dropped into the cliff notes that somebody would use, and they would, oh, he just read the cliff notes, didn't didn't read the book at all. I'm sure that's maybe came about some somewhere along that. Well, should we throw it to the people this morning? Uh, we were, we had this question 
as to whether or not we sh should do a Facebook Live the whole show. Yeah. Or should we do it at 7 like we normally do? Should we, sh should we throw it to the, to the masses? And maybe they can comment on whether or not we should Facebook Live the whole three hours. I tell you what, why don't they do this? If they text, guess what? You could text us now. If you text us at 314-462-2772, 462-2772, you can let us know, do we stream or no stream? Yeah. Uh, you mean Facebook stream? Yeah. Okay. Like, we'll always stream, oh, but yeah. you're talking about Facebook Live. Yes. So do we Facebook Live starting at 6 o'clock? Would you prefer us to do that, or or should we... Facebook Live only at 7 because people are really loving the Facebook Lives. And we they have thousands of people who interact yep. with them. We also are going to introduce a new feature this morning, and that is the, uh, the phone call, the listener phone call, everybody. So now people can call in to the show. Do you want to start that, like, now? Or do you want, when do you want, do we want a designated time for that? Or? I mean, Jimmy, that's, it's your call. Can, well, can, can people, let's put it this way, because we're not a traditional radio station. That's right. Can people call in and then we just put them on hold? Or do you take yeah. multiple callers? I take one caller at a time. So it's like, <laughs> okay. it's like you know, survival of the fittest, yeah. you know? It's All like right, Hunger yeah. Games, Radio Free Almond style. Well, I mean, we could, we could try it. We yeah. could, we could see if people want to call in and we could, we could check it out. What's, what's that number? It's the same. 314. Oh. 462 314-462-2772. And so they can call in or they can text. Call in. It's going to ring <laughs> right here. Does it ring? Do, do we hear the ring? I'll hear the ring. But I won't hear the ring. You'll slightly hear the okay, ring. Okay, well, I, I don't care. I'm, okay. I mean, it's not like it, it bothers me. I'm just wondering if it, how just how organic the whole thing is. Oh, this is be. very organic. I love it. Okay, good. It's like the hot phone. Nice. Oh, oh somebody's calling in right now. Good morning. We have Here we go. A, we Get have ready. our first caller, everybody. Hey, what's going on? Who is this? This is Bob. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Bob. Thanks for calling the show, man. Hey, I'm so glad we you, can take, take callers. Uh, how are you? How are you liking the new Radio Free Almond brand, my friend? God, I absolutely love it. Awesome. Absolutely. Now, how, it, how are you listening? It's so much better than the other station, even. <laughs> it really is. You're, just, you're different. It's like the other station, you were a little more confined and boxed in, and, and you just seem to have the freedom to do what you want now. Yeah, no, no doubt. And you know what's great about it, too, Bob, is that is that when we do interviews and things like that, we have a longer time. Like when we had Manetti on, and Cortland Sykes will be with us uh, tomorrow, and I think we're going to get uh, Austin Peterson maybe even today. But the oh, wow. we just have a longer period of time with people, and we can, we can talk about issues a little longer, and we don't have anybody. Yeah. And, and, uh, eventually... That's not, that's not going to change as we begin more to stack up the advertisers on the show because what we're going to do is we're going to infuse them into part of the show so that we're not going to go away. But we're never going to go away for you know ten minutes at a time 
so so that you plug into the Radio Free Almond show and all you're going to get is while you're on your commute to work <laughs> is just 10 minutes of commercials or whatever. We value the advertisers, but we're, we have a different kind of format to infuse them into the show. So we're going to continue to be able to serve you with information and you're not always feeling like you're, you're, we're going to go away within a matter of seconds. So that's cool, man. So how are you listening? Are you listening yeah. on your phone? Or are you listening on a laptop or what are you doing? iPhone. Oh, iPhone. Cool. Awesome. It's coming, is it coming through well for you and everything else, right? Oh, yeah. The streaming is. I, I'm, I don't watch you on Facebook, but I, I stream you on my iPhone. And nice. uh, the quality is excellent. Awesome. It really well, is. Well, buddy, thanks so yeah, much for coming. Yeah, go ahead. Well, you guys have a great day. I'm just so glad you're back on the air. You really, uh, you really make my mornings, and I just want to say thanks. And I, I'm really enjoying uh, the other gentleman. Yeah, Ryan. It's Ryan Jacobs. Thank he's you. awesome. He's my he's, yeah. he's my yeah, brother Ryan, from another sorry, I forgot your name, but I won't anymore. So. <laughs> That's, That's okay, great. man. Hey, thank you. Hey, Bobby, thanks so much. Have a great day, man. And uh, we appreciate you as always. I mean, isn't that great that we have cool that is people and I think they do appreciate that they, they came here for a reason and they came here because they love loved uh, the Almond in the Morning Show right. and Radio Free Almond is just a different and I think better kind of version of that and that's what people like and we basically just have conversations and now we can have them with the uh, people who want to call into the show and that's going to be awesome. I loved hearing from Bob and and it's interesting too because you and I were talking about this yesterday that we had yesterday was the month anniversary of the day, the night I saw the headline in the Washington Post that I had threatened to sexually assault a little, a young boy or whatever they wanted to describe it as. And that was, that was a month ago. Can you believe that? And what has happened since that time? In fact, when I saw that headline, I still had a radio show over in dinosaur land. And so can you imagine this? 30 days later, we are up and running with Radio Free Almond, RadioFreeAlmond.com. And, of course, we have the app. Now the actual downloader has the Radio Free Almond logo on it. We're one step closer. Yeah, and then we're going to eventually, we're probably eight days away from actually having the downloadable iTunes. Some people were asking whether or not it's going to be on Alexa and all that kind of thing. We're working on that's the next step, and we are working on that actively. Alexa, Google Home, all that good stuff, where you can just say, hey, Alexa. Yeah, very cool. Turn on a little Radio Free (laughs) Almond. Yes, very cool. So that's where we're at right now, and uh, really appreciate that. We're going to take more phone calls a little later on. So people could just kind of, well. We're getting tons of texts. Oh, good. And I will say. They are all voting for Facebook Living the entire show. Are they really? So, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it doesn't matter to me one way okay. or the other. You, if you want to go ahead and do it, let's do if, it. If they prefer the Facebook Live, they like it. Uh, I'm I'm all for it. I just was wondering whether or not, I, yeah, it's just a different formulation, and, and people can actually hear the show very well with uh, with that Facebook Live too. So I, I I'm loving that. So good. All right. So while you were sleeping at about two o'clock in the morning. CST, three hostages, Korean-Americans who were hostages for a year over there in North Korea. Now, I have to admit to you, and I'm not quite sure whether or not this is an embarrassing admission or not, but I, to tell you the truth, I actually didn't really know there were three hostages over there. 
Like I had heard about that one college student and all that kind of thing, but I really didn't. I, I think maybe in the back of my mind I did, but throughout all of this, including the whole Olympic thing and all that dealing with North Korea, I really didn't know that we had three hostages over there. And to tell you the truth, I think people who claim that they did aren't really telling the truth. I don't think they knew either. I think a lot of people were like, um, I didn't know that. But for a year, I, I had no idea. Anyway, this is what it sounded like at uh, Joint and- uh, Andrews Air Force Base. And what happened is the airplane uh, carrying the hostages, the freed hostages, came in from Anchorage, Alaska. And this was really cool because right there at Joint Base Andrews, there was this gigantic American flag, which was very cool. And President Trump and Melania greeted them and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, as well as the Pence's as well. Vice President Pence was there as well. And so uh, about, just about right before 2 a.m., the president, first lady, uh, boarded the medical plane with the men and which they'd been kind of spent meeting with them privately before they actually did the whole rollout. And then they had this gigantic American flag that was kind of hoisted up, held up by two fire trucks, and it was really very cool. And I know I can't show it to you, but this is how it sounds. people they are really three incredible people and the fact that we were able to get them out so soon was some really a tribute to a lot of things including a certain process that's taking place right now and that process is very important so we will see what happens we have a meeting scheduled in a very short period of time you'll be hearing about it soon we have the location set and we will see if we can do something that people did not think was going to happen for many, many years, and a lot of bad things could have happened in between. So uh, I I just want to say this is a special night for these three really great people, and congratulations on being in this country. Thank you. So one of the hostages, the freed hostages, they handed a note to Secretary of State Pompeo. I don't know what the note said or anything else, but one of them gave Pompeo like a little note, and I'd love to know what that little note said. Oh, yeah, said. that's going to be the, yeah. you know. But what, what is yeah. it? What is it? But they, they're, they're very happy, and these guys were basically put in prison for what, what the North Koreans considered to be so-called anti-state activities, with those, whatever those are. It might have been these simply not, you know, looking properly, uh, uh, properly, nicely and reverently at a statue of Kim Jong-un. <laughs> Who knows what their their transgressions were, but nonetheless, they are home. And you know what's crazy about this is that President Trump has a meeting. Uh, well, actually, it's going on right now, just a regular old meeting. So that was, that was 2 o'clock in the morning CST, 
I don't think the guy ever sleeps went to bed yeah. or whatever. So that's where they were. And wow, what a what a what a morning, what a day, and what a true advancement when it comes to uh, what the president has done, and and also uh, to the people who continually kind of made President Trump out to be a guy who was going to cause trouble in the world and who was going to start World War III. Remember little Bob Corker from Tennessee when he wrote that he did believe that President Trump was going to start World War III? Oh, yeah. Uh, These people, these never-Trump guys and some of the people on the left, they just absolutely just were so wrong about him and were so wrong about how he's going to approach foreign policy – and so far, between the cutting up of the Iran deal, which we'll get to in a little bit, and this particular instance, and then, of course, the telegraphing that President Trump did of the coming up, the upcoming meeting with Kim Jong-un, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I, when I was sitting there watching the television yesterday and seeing President Trump talking about meeting with Kim Jong-un, I don't think, and I have to go back in history, I'm not quite sure... Any American president, at least in, in, the, in modern day, has sat down with a North Korean leader in one room. I don't think that's ever happened. Forget the date of when they said the last time that was. It was a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, so I mean, probably right around the time that, that maybe North Korea wasn't, well, it might have been around the time of the Korean War. I don't know. All I'm saying is this is a huge deal. Now, I want to give you an example of how some people on the Democratic Party side will continually just won't give President Trump the kind of credit he deserves, and it's all because of politics. Jimmy Carter. Oh, it was Carter. Yeah, okay. Carter met with North Korean leader Kim Sung. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, but it was in 94. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, then, then so, it wasn't any. Yeah. It wasn't a sitting... Carter was long was gone. It? Right. And so it was probably when he was just kind of doing his post-presidential stuff, yeah. which which is more along the line of, uh, you know, he does a lot of... Because uh, Bill Clinton did the same stuff. thing in 09. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So easy for that. Well, that's when they were doing, I guess, some other hostage deal. I, I, I don't know. All I'm saying is no commander-in-chief, no. To, to my knowledge, has ever sat down and, and talked to a sitting leader of North Korea. So I find that pretty amazing. So if you look at the examples of the divide that continues in this country where Democrats, who, uh, by the way, are looking at their so-called blue wave going away, I think I'm now going to call it the blue wall because the blue wall is going to prevent them from taking over the kind of seats that they thought they were going to take. So we look at some of the poll numbers and we see a possibility and this, is, this would not be necessarily unusual. It happened in 2010, and it normally happens when you have a president who, well, I guess would be considered polarizing or whatever, but who is doing a lot in a little bit of time. And Obama was, was an individual who did that a lot, a little bit of time. When he was elected in 2008, President Obama pretty much was just running the table from 2008. through. So, of course, you had then the formulation of the Tea Party, and you had a lot of folks who were really kind of angry at what he was doing, and rightly so. 
And so they kind of put a stop to that through the 2010 uh, midterm elections. And that's when Republicans took over the House and the Senate. And so so it's not unusual for that to happen. It's not going to happen this time around with Democrats taking control of the Senate. But there is a possibility that 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 Democrats might take over the House. I mean, there's there's always that remote possibility. And that's because of the way the House is set up. I mean, obviously, you have these small pockets and you have the issue of gerrymandering and all this kind of stuff that's going on where it that's where you really see the eclectic nature of the country and the true weird politics that are going on in the country. So you have these little fiefdoms and things like that. They're sometimes easily changed over. And so you never know, like Ann Wagner has uh, a pretty tough run here against some formidable democratic opponents in her district. And so you never really know how these things are going to shake out. And it wouldn't be that crazy for that to happen, although it would be a bummer and and Nancy Pelosi would try to muscle her way into being the next House Speaker. But I'm I'm getting ahead of myself at this point. We do know that it it appears Democrats are going to take over the Senate. But anyway, they're still in a snit pretty much over everything. And I do believe that Claire McCaskill will lose. And I believe there's a possibility she'll lose to any one of these people who are running for the for the U.S. Senate seat. So depending on how many, how, who, who gets the nomination, once they get the nomination, it'll be balls to the wall, lots of spending. Oh. It'll be a big-time thing. And so I think any, any one of them could probably beat her at this point. And, in fact, they put up no name. They just put up a generic Republican, and some of these Democrats are doing really poorly. So anyway... Back to what I was getting at with North Korea. So you've got Steve Scalise and Hakeem Jeffries. Scalise is a Republican. Hakeem Jeffries is a Democrat. And TMZ, bless their hearts, are there in the Capitol. I love these guys who are the who are the interviewers for TMC because they're really just a bunch a couple of guys. Like, yeah, the guy with a camera. it's like me Excuse with a camera. Oh, Mr. Scalise, <laughs> I just wanted to let you see what you were, you know, that's kind of how it sounds. They still elicit, though, sometimes yeah. some pretty cool answers, and they, they get what they want, but it's kind of funny in a yeah. cute kind of way to watch these guys meekly <laughs> asking these questions. And, you know, they, they, some of them are really more skilled than, than others because they're trying to get elicit a response like from a celebrity or right. something. So they'll always kind of go, uh, hey, uh, Mr. So-and-so, what do shoes. you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. <laughs> uh, what do you think about that uh, rape charge? And so it's kind of like that kind of thing. So, but listen to the differences in how Scalise, who's a Republican, and Hakeem Jeffries, who's a Democrat, respond to this major dish situation regarding the release of the hostage. How you doing? Good morning, how you doing? Today with the um, president um, having released the uh, hostages, is there a great day where people, the non-sayers who didn't believe in the president right now, should they, you know, at least give him his accomplishments for this? I, I think that what President Trump's doing on the world stage has been phenomenal, but if you look at what happened in North Korea, you know, he's standing up to a brutal dictator and he's getting results. And that's a good thing. It shows you that what President Trump is doing is working and our enemies are fearing us right now, which they should. And the hostages coming home is a good thing? I think that's a big win for President Trump and Secretary Pompeo. He's okay. doing a great job as Secretary of State. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, by now, the way, who is you hear that? clicking sound. That's Scalise. Okay, that was Scalise. And, and, and so Scalise is, of course, still using uh, assistance in terms of the walking after being 
shot and what a great guy he is. Yeah. I had the privilege of interviewing him a while back when he was in town and really a cool guy and has been a longtime supporter of President Trump and Steve Scalise from Louisiana. So then the same guy goes and asks Hakeem Jeffries about this monumental thing. Now, normally you'd think that and, – and I, and I guess you could make comparisons to some Republicans who sometimes didn't give Obama credit for something. But President Obama really, on the world stage, I'm sorry to say, there wasn't much that you could give him credit for. What, uh, in creating more terrorism in Libya when we did that – thing where we got rid of Omar uh, yeah Gaddafi it's kind of like really I mean what else uh, Benghazi there wasn't much on the world stage that you could give props to President Obama about anyway let's listen to Hakeem Jeffries and his reaction to the North Korea thing thank you Thompson, with a day like today where everybody's been critical of the president and him today helping release some of the hostages in North Korea is one is this today that you tip your hat off to him at least no, listen, anytime you can bring Americans who were in prison overseas. Pause say, what you're seeing when, when you look at him when he's walking down the hallway, he's already calculating like how he's not going to give President <laughs> yeah. Trump any props at all. So he's kind of like when he's talking, you can, if you're watching on the live stream now on the Facebook page, what he's doing is he's, he's, he's using his finger to point from A to B to do to do. And so he's yeah. kind of like really not wanting to. Particularly as it relates to uh, an inhumane regime back home, it's a good day for the American people. So you know, he, he gets a tip of a hat today, President Trump, for you? It's a good day for the American people. It's a good day for the president. It's a good day for the Congress. It's a good day for democracy. Okay. Thank you so much, Congressman. I mean, good, good day for Congress. <laughs> yeah. like, it's not good. Look, I mean, you know, I guess it's a good day for Congress. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a good day for the milkman. I mean, <laughs> who knows? But, but that's the kind of pettiness you get. Like, he can't even just say, good job. You know what? This was pretty cool what the president did and what the president's appointee as secretary of state did. You just can't really give the guy any props at all, dude. Really, but that's that's the world we live in now. And Hakeem Jeffries, he you know he did say it's a good day for the president. But the bottom line is, he wasn't in any way, shape, or form going to give any quarter to the president as as this being a victory. And listen, that's what you're going to get. It's the, the, but but that's it in all of its full glory. The really stark comparison between um, the reactions of people on the Republican side and the Democrat side. How are we getting? Uh, are we getting comments on the text still? We're trying to experiment, they, folks. If you're just yeah. joining us, we yeah. we have a texting mechanism and a phone calling mechanism too. And if you want to call into the show, Ryan, what would be the number to call into the show right now? So. Three one four and hold on because I know people are gonna three one four four six two two seven seven two three one four four six two two seven seven two brings them right on into the show and we are getting texts. Uh, Tom says Almond Unchained is great. Love I'm it. not on Facebook anymore. He says so that doesn't factor much for me. But congrats on the new show. He said, I'm enjoying Ryan's participation in the show. Well, thank you. <laughs> awesome. He says, God bless. Thank you, brother. Tom. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that very much. I, you know, it's funny because we've had a lot of interaction with people through the Facebook stream and through the comments. But a lot of you operate 
on different levels. Like, for instance, Tom just said he doesn't even do Facebook. Yeah. So he has a way now to kind of connect with us, give us some feedback. And it really is – it's – our first week, it's been less interactive than your normal dinosaur radio normally is, but actually it's been highly interactive when it comes to all of you participating in taking in the product, so to speak. So Facebook living has been awesome because you normally don't get that kind of beauteousness when it comes to your dinosaur radio guys because they're doing something and they're really yeah. – but, but then – you can text into the show now, yeah. and, and we can hear from you that way. And, of course, also with the phone calls, if you want to call on the show, now we're just beginning kind of that train rolling where we're able to actually hear your voices, hear from you, and, and talk to you. So you're more than welcome to even call into the show. And we can't, like, have a bank. We don't have a bank of callers. <laughs> but we can't really, but, but nonetheless. Not yet. Th- that's the, yeah, not yet. We're kind of still just wanting to kind of lay on you the Radio Free Almond experience, and that's uh, that's where we're at. Ben McGuire, thank you so much, buddy, for this American flag. I'd love for you to tell us a little story about where you got this flag or where this flag came from. But if you could see kind of behind me, next to my Man of La Mancha album cover and the beautiful vintage light over there, you could see the folded-up flag. Eventually, we're going to... Figure it out, obviously, a reverent, respectful way to hang the flag. We might even keep the flag as it is right there for a little while. Nonetheless, we'll just kind of keep it there. And, but that's what it looks like. That's awesome. And Ben McGuire, thanks so much for the hard work you uh, did in trying to find a beautiful cloth flag, which is yeah. why when I was the other day, when I was running around, it was a Sunday, and I was running everywhere, and all I could find were these kind of nylon flags. You know, the kind you have sometimes on your house. Yeah. Which I, I have one of those Same. because it's, you know, it's, it doesn't get as weathered, and it's, right. it, it looks fine, everything else. But it wouldn't have looked fine in here. So I wanted something more that yeah. would fit the mood of the room, which is kind of this nice, rich, rich mahogany. <laughs> that this kind of rich feel and, and a little vintage a little woodsy, a little kind of organicy, you know. See, I like, like kind of a a flag that looks like it's like I like an American flag that looks like it's gone through something. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. there's just something patriotic about yeah. that versus like the the Walmart vinyl, <laughs> you know, nylon flag. Well, maybe Ben has a story behind it, but nonetheless, we are now in possession of a beautiful uh, cloth American flag, and so what a perfect time then for that matter to go ahead. And do our national anthem, because this is a hallmark of the Almond Show, right, folks? We always do the national anthem. And so, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, our national anthem. Can you see by the dawn's early light what surprised we have the twelve. Stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight. Oh, the rampers we watched were so gallantly streaming.
Wow. Little Ariana Grande. I got to tell you, that's a beautiful version of it there, Ryan. And I actually took the girls oh, a couple of years to, ago to see Ariana Grande in concert. Yeah. She was good. Oh, she's good. You know, the, the, these, yeah, she's these, really good. Uh, wasn't she the one? Didn't she get in a little trouble yes. one time with a donut yes. shop or something? She did. Know. She made a mistake. She's a young kid. That's what I was about you to know? say. And she did. She said something stupid about America. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. But I, I got to tell you, these guys, these young performers out there, though, they really know how to give their all. Yeah. And I got to tell you, it was it was pretty cool when we saw her. And who was the other guy? Uh, think you're amazing, that guy. Oh, Who's Bruno he? Mars? Bruno Mars. He's so amazing. I, I took the kids to see Bruno <laughs> Mars. In fact, I might, I, if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember. They might have been, it might have been her opening up for him. Either way. Every time I saw these folks, they'd come in the next day yeah. when I was on the show, and I would talk about how much they clearly love their audiences mm-hmm. and their people, and they give every ounce of energy. And I'm looking at Ariana Grande performing at this, uh, this concert with the girls, and I'm thinking, she does this every night, or yeah. practically every night. And to me, and I realize it's performing, it's not ditch digging, so, you know, whatever, so people always used to tell me, how do you do it? How do you keep up with all the stuff in the radio? I go, listen, it's, it's, it's not hard labor, okay? I'm just trying to tell you, you know, you, you, it's not easy because you have to make sure that you're entertaining and informative, that kind of thing. And, and she might tell you the same thing. But still, there was not like one little beat missed. missed. And, and Bruno Mars was the same way. Bruno Mars, I'm like, look at this guy going... There's a guy who not only loves his craft, but he loves his audience, and that's what's hugely important. You know, I kind of went into this a little while back about when all this stuff went down, and I was coming back, and we were creating the Radio Free Almond brand, and it was interesting to me how, and I'll tell this again because I did do it in a Facebook Live that was on a while back, but I've never really had a chance to tell like a radio audience this, but in the aftermath of everything that happened and when the dinosaur stuff I was doing kind of suddenly went away and I had no platform at that particular time, it was really amazing to see the people come out of the woodwork. Like people, Otherwise, you know, obviously when you're on the show, you have people who are calling into the show. You have that kind of apparatus. And oftentimes when I was out and about, people would say, hey, love your show, that kind of thing. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. I had had no idea that there were that many people who liked the show. But I truly had no idea how many people truly did. Because if you just base the success of your show or who's listening to your show on people who might just call in. Because for every one caller, there are a couple thousand who aren't calling into the show. And so you, you, you tend to be isolated. And what happens is people who are in my business then, they tend to have this idea that those of you out there who are listening to the show and those of you out there who are watching Facebook or that kind of thing are just kind of like, numbers you're just out there and you're the group and we're going to call you listeners and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're not really we're not really going to humanize you in that fashion i've seen this a lot with people in my business 
who tend to give so much credence to, for instance, their guests or a senator or someone who is coming into the show or maybe some of their hallmark characters or maybe somebody who's a celebrity who they have on the show, and they forget that the real reason why they are on the show, the real reason why they are as successful as they might be, is because of the listeners, the, pe- the people who are listening to the show, you all out there listening to the show, and the, also the people who are supporters of the show financially. Oftentimes I've heard radio people call them clients, yeah. and, and they call them clients acting as if these sponsors are kind of working for them, and, and they're, they're my clients. And, and there's nothing wrong with referring to somebody sure. as a client. I'm not saying that. But, but, it's, but, but me... When, I, when people sponsored my show, they were friends. And, and, and a great example of that is Dr. Eric Naputi, yeah. who is a dear friend of mine, a great guy. Know his family. Know Jody. All, yep. you know, we, we, we were friends. We interact. Absolutely. We had dinners and we had those kinds of things. And so I would never call Dr. Eric Naputi or anybody else who was, who was supporting my show yeah. financially, okay? Yeah. The reason why I'm... Able to do what you do is because yeah. of them. <laughs> I would never just refer to them as clients, and I would never refer to you just as listeners. And I really saw when basically I, I hate the because I don't I don't do the pity party thing, and and you guys know I never have. But let's just for the lack of a better term, when those within about within about seventy two hours, I basically lost everything. <laughs> you'd be amazed at the people who went away without a beat and who were no longer part of your life. Maybe they would text you saying, man, that stinks, man. Sorry to hear that. And then you never hear from them again. These are people who you, some of whom I I brought into radio, who I just, I created them on the air. They're on the air because I brought them into the show because I opened up my show for them, all those kinds of things. And even politicians, some of them don't want to go near me. I, I, I it's really kind of strange. It's like I texted Senator Blunt like three days ago to get him on the air with me, and he didn't even bother to maybe even toss it off to somebody else who was going to be yeah. one of his guys or whatever. And I've I've done I, I've traveled the state supporting Senator Blunt in his reelection bid, and 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 the guy can't even return a text to be on my show to talk to me about the Iran nuclear deal or the whatever it is. And it's kind of like, really, dude? Because I, I was there for you every step of the way, every time you wanted to pop on the show. If, if what you want to do is go back on Dinosaur Radio and you think that's where you're yeah. going to have your love, then more power to you. But And, and the same thing kind of happened with Ann Wagner, who did at least afterwards you know, contact me but but once it was clear I was gone, it was like, oh, he must have died in the fire. Here's uh, the deal, though, more. Jamie, I'm telling you, and I, I get what you mean. I know they're doing that right now, but they're only doing that because typically politicians are very slow. They're not nimble. They're, they're not nimble because there's a, you know, they get these organizations around them and people around them. They're very slow. To yeah, they do. don't have many nimble people no, working for them no, either. No, no. And so what ends up happening and this is what is going to happen, is they're going to figure out that a lot of the stations that they relied on 
and that they think, oh, Jamie's gone. I'm just going to go rely on those stations. They're going to realize the audience, and I'm telling you because I can see it, isn't there anymore. They're with Radio Free Almond, I'm telling you. Well, right. And they're going to figure it out that the audience is Facebook. The audience is streaming right now, and they're nowhere to be found. And it could cost them elections. When a radio station is paying you to listen to them, that should be your indication that, you know what, there might be kind of a shift that's going on here. And 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 actually, you're advancing my point there too, Ryan, because, and, and again, I'm not speaking from a point of bitterness. No, no, I'm, not, no. I'm not speaking from what, I, what really my overarching point was when it all came down to me basically losing everything. The people that were there for me were you. Listening to the show on Facebook right now, the people who were there for me were you. And I was really proud to say that I never throughout my entire career forgot about you. I, I never took you for granted. I would never in a million years, for instance, charge somebody for a speaking engagement. Like, I, I, like people, if people invite me to speak at one of their events or something, the, the, the saddest thing I ever heard from people was, how much do you charge? Yeah. Because I would tell them, like, you mean there people, people, you pay people in radio and TV to do this stuff? Oh, yeah, no, sometimes like $1,000. I'm going, I, I said, I'm not, there's, there's no way I, could, I would make you pay me to speak to your group and, and pay me to speak to people who, if it were not for them, I wouldn't have a job. Right. I mean, how is it possible that there are people in our industry who go out there and, and I understand that you know if it's a weekend gig sure. and it's a, I, I get it, but but even then I don't I I, I couldn't it was the, the the saddest thing for me was to hear somebody meekly write me. I'm wondering what your fee is to speak to our group at the. I was yeah. like, you got to be kidding me! And it kind of makes me angry that there are other people in my industry now who do that, who charge people to speak to people who, if it weren't for them, they wouldn't even have a job or be on the air. Most haven't. I know you're saying people in the industry. Most of them, though, have not been around as long as you, and that is why. And it's why they probably won't stay around as long as you have. Most people in your position who was in that position for maybe five years— they would have been, when that whole thing happened, they would have been like dust. They would have never resurfaced again. They would have been dust. Because they would have taken their severance 100%. check. 100%. Because, because the people thought they, they needed the money so desperately that they just go away, apologize, and throw their entire movement under, under a bus. And that wasn't going to happen. Sorry to interrupt you on that. But no, yeah. no, no, no. I, I just, I think it's, it's just um, reflective of... A lot of hosts now, a lot of, of, of talking heads now, and where they're at. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not, like, boasting on you, JV, you know, but, I mean, there is a reason why you are where you are. I mean, you know, people, when they watch your Facebook Lives and they see all your Emmys lined up, I know it's like, people are like, oh, this is... But, I mean, that is those are your accomplishments. Yeah. You've been in this game for a very long time. Yeah, and, and, and it, it turns out, too, that, that so when it did come time for everything to be over with, I really, uh, uh, something I already knew was technically reinforced, and that is that you all are the ones who are the 
almond brand. It's not just me. You all are the ones who are part of this movement. And that's why it was so quick. We were so quick to develop Radio Free Almond because we knew there were people out there who still wanted this family to stay together, who still wanted this. And so, yeah, in the end, you know, I think a lot of you already know it, but in the end, when, when everything kind of dropped out of, out of nowhere, the people who were most valuable to me and who were there for me were the people who have been there for me the entire time and who I hope I never disrespected or took for granted. And that were that, that was you guys. And, you know, and Ryan, I, I've known you a long time. And yeah. you were one of those people who went out there on Twitter and was defending me and blah, blah, blah. And we got together with this because you knew, too. And, and, and Dr. Eric knew, too, that we were kind of this this family, this engine. And, and so to my point, I just want to let you guys know that that why when it comes to the callers or the text messages or you guys on Facebook or you guys streaming, how much I truly appreciate you and how much in the end the people who were the other folks who were the adornments and the guests who didn't really matter. Now, people have been asking about like Judge Napolitano and Kennedy and people like that and Todd Starnes. Todd and I were in conversation and Todd was a big supporter but he's restricted, as are all the people on Fox News, because we are not a Fox News affiliate. Right. And so it's hard for, like, a Judge Napolitano. We always, although I had a relationship with Judge Napolitano, he would still have to be approved to be on a radio show by Fox News. And oftentimes what, what that is is... is it's a problem because they won't allow it. If you're not a Fox News affiliate, the chances of you having Judge Napolitano on with you, are, no matter how close we've been, because he's right. a good friend of mine, he just would not, he still has to have approval from his people to be on the show with us. Now, I'm kind of working that a little okay. bit. We'll see how it goes. I just think this is so, I think it's so wrong. I mean, it kind of shows you you know, those listening right now, how much uh, corporate um, mingling there is that, you know, this is why the truth oftentimes has trouble actually getting out because there's only certain people approved to talk to these people. And there's only, you know what I mean? I, it's, it's, it's like, it's like a good old boy network yeah. is what it reminds yeah. me of. Or, or a good old girl e- yeah. network in the formulation of uh, Esther and PR, <laughs> uh, which, which was my, my issue when I couldn't really say anything about my situation. And I was forbidden from saying anything and had to rely on corporate PR to handle it. And we all saw how that whole thing went. But keep in mind, too, folks, a lot of the people, though, who I have been able to get on the show this entire week. We've had Carafano on. We've had the Gateway Pundit on. We had Doug Giles on with us. And all the people who are part of, you know, like Tony Minetti was with us. And today, Genevieve Wood is going to be back on the, on the show with us. And we're going to talk to her at 7.30. And Genevieve Wood is awesome. She was one of those individuals I brought in to the show from Heritage. And we're actually working on something with Heritage and eventually going to kind of make this happen. Uh, the Radio Free Almond morning show 
is just one part of the Radio Free Almond network. So we're working on some individuals to get on board with the network to a point where there might be a time, and it might be pretty soon, where the Heritage Foundation has an hour-long show on Radio Free Almond. So you're going to hear from Hans von Spakovsky, or you're going to hear from Jim Carafano, or you're going to hear from Genevieve Wood, and they're going to have an entire show where they're going to be able to interact with you and those kind of things. So we're trying to bring them in. We're actually attempting, do we dare tell tell people this, like with Savage? or Well, I mean, yeah. I, I really want to get, yeah. I would encourage you all, if you have any interaction with yes. Savage on the Twitter feed or on any kind of other social media, I'm not quite sure, is he on social media? Uh, he is, he's on Facebook. Okay, yeah. so he's on Facebook. So if you all out there, would would just kind of give him a heads up that yeah. Radio Free Almond is something and because we would love to have we would love to bring Savage Michael Savage to you guys for however long it would be Savage but Nation. I that's I the one thing too. I always miss and I love listening to him late at night because he, he'd be on and that guy funny. he really is he's fantastic so anyway we're developing the network yeah. right now we're Radio Free Almond in the morning but we're developing the network and uh, it's been there a will of fun. be a day soon you will be able to turn this app on and you will be able to listen to truly great people all day long you won't have to change the dial there'll be no dial change you can rock that app all day we're this is going to be something really yeah. awesome yeah and and so far it's just been a ton of fun and we've appreciated everything that we you all have done for us to to keep uh, us afloat as our angels out there as you always have been and also mainly to to, to also give us your support and everything else. So we, we really appreciate it. And Radio Free Almond has been a ton of fun and will continue to be for those of you guys. So you want to give a one phone, phone number out real quickly, Ryan, yes. for, for you all. If you guys want to call into the show. And again, we don't have a bank of callers, but right. we can still get you on. 314-462-2772. 314-462-2772. If you have any questions or want to comment on the show or comment on something going on in politics, give us a ring. We talked about the beautiful flag that Ben McGuire gave us. It's yeah. kind of in the background. I don't know whether you guys can see it. I got the story on that, by on the way. You do, do you? I do. And this is an amazing story. So he gets it at a garage sale. It's sitting there at a garage sale. Nobody knows anything about it. So what I really like about this flag, and everybody was commenting, is that there is a history to this flag somehow that we don't even know about. I like that. Beautiful. Because we, we actually, I'm, I'm, I'm off the mic because I'm holding it for the Facebook Live people. But yeah, it's beautiful. It's nice. I almost, I almost don't want to Un, undo it. It I kind know. of looks like it's, it's, it's been reverently folded. It has. Folded flag. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ben McGuire, thank you so much, buddy. Uh, appreciate it very much. So he founded a garage sale, huh? Yeah. It was just sitting there. Yeah. Wow. What are the odds of that? Well, it kind of, well, I'd love to know a little bit even more from this because this looks like the flag that was on my father's casket when we buried him at Jefferson Barracks. And it looks like that kind of folded flag. I'd love to dig a little deeper into this and maybe get the, uh, find out if Ben remembers which house he was at for this garage sale, because there's a good possibility that this flag Similarly, was maybe on somebody's casket or something like that. Love to know the it's story nice about enough. who it was, 
but it's kind of it, it reminds me of my of the it's the exact same kind of fabric mm-hmm. and the exact same kind of I don't know whether Ben bought it folded or not, but but it's the exact same kind of fold. Yeah, and, I mean obviously it's how you fold yeah. an American flag, but what I'm saying is it looks like this looks like the same kind of flag that was on my father's casket when we buried him in 1997. So I, I'd be curious to know from Ben if he can fill us in a little bit more on it, whether or not he, uh, whether or not, I'd love to go back to the house and find out where this you know, came from. You know, looking at that flag, Jamie, I, so don't judge me, but I don't remember how to fold that flag anymore oh, like I would, that. No, I, but there was a day when I was in the Boy Scouts yeah, before yeah. the Boy Scouts have now turned into... The Girl Scouts, right. the, Boy Scouts. Well, actually, they don't even they don't even call just, just, them boy or girl anymore. Scouts. <laughs> yeah, right. It's how ridiculous. You're, you're gonna get your you're gonna get your politically correct badge. It's unbelievable. I mean, like, I would love my son to be. He would. He, if Boy Scouts was what it was when I was a kid, he would. Have loved well, it. there's an alternative to Girl Scouts, right? There's a, there's a, a group out there. Uh, I want to say yeah. American Girl or yeah, something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. There's a, there's an alternative to Girl Scouts, and is there one to Boy Scouts? I don't believe so. Huh? Maybe the I mean maybe they would know, but I. It's. It's just sad. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, whittle, you'd get your, you know, you'd whittle and you'd Pinewood Derby race. Well, yeah, and, you know what? I, and and a Pinewood Derby, I love oh. because my, my oldest son was in the, we, 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 yeah. we had the ugliest car, <laughs> but we had the fastest car. I'll tell you that. We had, we had, it was ugly, it was screamer. but it won. It was like so the I'm Nova. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I should bring it in sometime. I have it somewhere. But it, yeah, you just, you just put some, some perfectly placed melted oh, lead yeah. Yeah. and you, Boom! You can do. You're, like you're, you're you're right down, and it, this thing looked like a a beast, but it was. I love how fast. Back in the day, we're pouring lead in. I know. You know? I know. <laughs> that was fun. It was a great was awesome. boy and father project. And I never made it to Boy Scouts. Okay. I went through Cub Scouts same. and then Weeblo. Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah. So I and I, see, I, I did. We were out at Beaumont, if you know, in St. Louis here. If you're listening in St. Louis, it was Beaumont, and we would do all the camping there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. It was. It was a. My parents left me for a week at like Scarred. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, I went to. I think it was. What was it? Camp White Cloud or something. That was in. That was actually a sixth grade camp for school. And I just. Yeah, I didn't. A week was just too long for me. I mean, I was like, I needed my home back. Everything was wet and smelled (laughs) like fire. (laughs) Like burning. I just. I'll never forget that. I think. And I I think I slept. I guess I was. You know, I'm the youngest of six. So by that time. They were just like, uh, there they, aren't any pictures of me or no. anything. So, 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 the, so, so, I think I went to camp and I didn't even have like a real sleeping bag. So I'm, I'm sleeping on the pla- I'm like, like a blanket and like a plastic covered mattress, and it's like 35 degrees in the cabin. I didn't have a very fun time. You had camping. a cabin? Well, yeah, we kind of had the little like the for Camp White Cloud, we had the little cabin. So, yeah, you. Oh no, I was in like a. Pitched. Oh yeah, well that was for the scouts. Yeah, yeah, but but still, I just was never very prepared, and that's why I never really kind of made it to Daddy Long Legs crawling all <laughs> over me. Speaking of flags, you want to see what how it sounds when a bunch of Iranian weirdos these are these are members of Parliament who decided they were going that that because of the the withdrawal from the Iran nuclear deal, 
they decided to burn the flag. So they weren't uh, speaking much English here, but you'll see that they're in, in Parliament here. They, it's a little flag. It's not even really a flag. It's like a... Good-looking group of guys there too. I'll tell you, they're, they're really not burnt. They're not. They're not even. They didn't even have a real flag. They, they they just had like a like a picture of a flag that they were burning there in Parliament. And then what's even funnier is you have they're burning it, and then they then it falls onto the floor, and they almost burn Parliament down. They're all <laughs> stomping on it and everything else. These idiots. So that's what it sounds like when the when the moods are burning your American flag there in Iran. I always wonder, I was confused about the social structure of Iran because keep in mind, if you go to, I guess you could probably Google Iranian women or Iranian youth or whatever it happens to be, they're all, first of all, they, they seem to have a lot of money and they seem highly westernized. I mean, yeah. I've seen situations where there are, Iranian young people, like with bottle service somewhere at some bar in Iran yeah. or something. So, so there's a s- segment of society in Iran where they're very westernized and they're all they love their blue jeans and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And then you have then the older people, like for instance, what I'm seeing in Parliament here. And then you have the division there where you have a couple of guys in their normal business suits, right? And then you have the guys who have. The clerics outfits on, and they and they intermingle with the guys with the business suits, and they could, never can figure out who they like, what they are, what they're doing. It's like one guy, like a you know a, a minister of sort, and the other guys are all. But anyway, they're all intermingling up there on the stage, and they're burning stuff. So there you go. Just a comment that we got from. Uh... Somebody watching on uh, Facebook, Scott says, as an Eagle Scout and a conservative with four daughters, oh. I just like a you know a, a difference of a Eagle Scout's here. pretty high for yeah, it I is. I know, I know. So I'm I'm going to take his word here, but he says basically that he loves the fact that uh, they've gone co-ed because he's got four daughters, and uh, he said they are still separated by gender, um, and he said that every outside the U.S. every scouting organization is is co-ed now, so. Listen, I mean, you know, it's just... Well, yeah, no, I, I think... I, here's the thing. It, it, it was portrayed differently in terms of how this was approached. There were some people... I the, I don't know whether it was the scouts' mishandling of it or whether it was the news media taking the ball that was maybe, like, in Scott's terminology, which was a kind of a legit change of course for right. the scouts, you know? And they decided, you know what? We're, it's kind of like Little League Baseball. We're going to let girls play Little League Baseball with the boys. I don't see any problem with that sure. at all. So, it, so, but, but the, somewhere in the translation... I agree. Like for instance, what you have is you have maybe the scouts, and, and, of course, Scott, thanks for listening to the show, buddy, by the way, and for watching on Facebook, too, and... and, and uh, Awesome. He's an Eagle Scout. He's got four girls, yeah. and he wants to kind of continue the scouting tradition with them sure. that might not be with the Girl Scouts, which is great. But I think what happened was, and, and, and maybe I'm mistaken, and maybe Scott actually can, can fill us in further with this, but it seems to me that there were certain organizations or certain left-wing liberal media outlets who oh, were kind of yeah. like, ha, ha, oh, it's yeah. no longer the Boy Scouts. It's the, now it's no Scouts at all. 
And, yeah. they, and they had nothing to do at all with the Boy Scouts in particular, and they don't even care yeah. about yeah. the Boy Scouts in particular. Yeah. So they kind of use this as, look, we've, we've, we've dismantled another American tradition. Yeah. When, in fact, I think the Scouts maybe took it, and I, I, I'm getting that a little bit from Scott. I think the Scouts, actually, their goal was maybe they're like, no, we're just kind of doing what a lot of people are doing, and that right. is we're making it more co-ed, and yeah. that's what we're kind of doing. So it, it kind of depends. Like, for instance, it, to my knowledge, the scouts weren't out there basically saying, you know what, we're sick and tired of this being all male, and yeah. uh, let's let's yeah. let's you know, it's masculinity is a horrible thing, and right. we need to change the tune here. But what happened is other people used that move to kind of rub conservatives or or just normal people's noses in it and that's maybe how this became the whole politically correct thing when in fact that might not have been really the whole motivation at all of the boy scouts right yeah i mean it's it is the it is the painted picture now by the liberal media of the demasculation of the american male which is a which is a um at our heart a core of our culture right you know uh, and it's a way to strip that down. Anytime they can view, it's a spin method right, to right. spin something. Uh, anytime they get a chance, they will. And that, and that might not have again been the scouts' uh, purpose right. here, but it was taken that way by some people because they would love to demasculize the entire country if they had to. Of course, and they just want to. They want to cut our, you know, what's off at, at every pass. Yeah. Now the problem is though, why can't if you're going to be scouts, why can't you? Well, I don't know. I guess, I guess you what? could still be a boy and a girl scout. I mean, you could, you could, you're yeah, a girl, you're a, and you're a scout, yeah. so why wouldn't? But maybe you're just going to be a scout. I, I get it. But, but, and to Scott's point, listen, you know, he's a dad. I, he didn't mention whether he had any sons or not. So he has four, no, daughters, four daughters. And he wants, and he's an Eagle Scout, which I don't know. That always, uh, Eagle Scouts were like, what are, what are they? Yeah. Like, so you're a boy. So is that after Boy Scout that you become an Eagle Scout, yeah. and then you become a policeman? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. He said. He said. Of course, the the libs use it to their advantage. He said, "I believe the Scouts are looking at it as a way to survive. They aren't exactly turning kids away these days." Yeah, yeah. Uh, he says, "I." He said, "I actually can't speak for the Boy Scouts or their motivations." So, well, and to me, yeah. you know, it, 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 and again, to me, if the Scouts are using it as a means to expand and survive. And maintain their traditions. I guess I'd rather see them do this than see the entire Boy Scouts of America Collapse. industry totally go away. So if 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 you you can infuse more people into the whittling and then trick them into camping deal, <laughs> then, then that's it's, fine. I'm just kidding. No, it's I'm just true. Kidding, Scott. I, it's totally <laughs> true. I mean, I am not a camper. My, I'm not either. I can't do it. I just. We, See the thing is with all the great <laughs> modern accoutrements that we have, why would you then purposely <laughs> deny them and remove them from your life? Why would you purposely really want to cook something over a fire that you had to make that you know doesn't <laughs> And then you're really you're not going to really make the fire. You're still like, you know, lighter fluid, you <laughs> charcoal know. lighter. Charcoal. No, listen, I and again, I you know, I I love to be outdoors. Same. Uh, but but what I really like to look at is an ocean and be on a beach. That's kind of my idea of being outdoors. So the idea of actually being under a canopy of trees on purpose 
is not something I would really do. Now, again, there are a lot of people I know who listen oh. to the Alman, Radio Free Allman and who, who are out there watching on Facebook who are like avid campers. I get it. The one thing I will tell you, though, and maybe this is you wouldn't really call this camping. My, one of my major fantasies has always been to have an Airstream, like a vintage Airstream camper. The silver. The silver oh, yeah. bullet no, they're camper. Legit. Where I could actually take that, because that, see, now I like that kind of thing where you kind of set up on a beach and drive on. Like, I'd love to, my biggest, I'd love to go to Daytona, uh, Daytona Beach, Florida, where you can drive onto the beach, take my Airstream camper yeah. onto the beach, and live and not live there, but, you know, vacation there in my vintage Airstream. I love the Airstream. Because you are like the St. Louis Kinney Chesney. There you go. You even kind of like, you look like, that's what, you get the yeah. Kinney oh, Chesney. Yeah. <laughs> You're like barefoot. <laughs> yeah. But but I, so so again, the idea of, you know, wearing my, you know, shorts and Wool socks and boondocks and cutting wood. I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know the wool socks that kind of go yeah. up your cap and, you know, come on, boys, let's go and cut some wood. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to buy a bundle of it and, and put it in the Airstream with me. All right. That wraps this segment. Who is this? Is this Nine Killer? Yeah. My buddy Phil. That's awesome. It is awesome. Phil Valencia, Nine Killer, the Nine Killer on Twitter, if you know. By the way, hey, Ryan, can you stop that yeah. and start it again? Because I missed Absolutely. I missed the first okay. part. I want I, I want people to listen to this. this hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me, I'm going to bring it I want people to hear to... everything because I kind of okay. talked over it. Not that I care, but you're listening to Radio Free. Hey, the music started. It's Radio Free Almond, whatever. <laughs> Listen to that part. It's awesome. <laughs> www.radiofreealmond.com Tell your friends, tell your family Tune in I'm loving this synthesizer <laughs> It's got Phil Valencia written all over it I don't know, it's probably not him, but This is a really good groove right here, Phil. Can we put this song up there on the site? It's called Hell With It by Ninekiller. Absolutely. That's it. I wouldn't know how to do it, but oh, you, I can can, do you, it can, you, you can figure that out. Absolutely. Right, we're going to take a break, a real break, and then real we're going break. to, and I got some music right here for you, buddy, because we, we don't have to do it. So. Juice this up a little bit. 
go. There we go, honeys. Oh, honeys. I should sing this with the smash band. Really? Yeah. One way out. Lord, I just can't go out that door. Yeah, oh yeah, man. Genevieve Wood's going to be on the way. Yeah!
Must have did somebody wrong song, Elmore James. Yeah, you know, I don't like the Almond Brothers just because they are, uh, their last name is Almond. What's wrong with that? Well, I mean, I, it, it just so happens. I'm not really, I don't think I'm related to him anyway, but Almond's not a common name. Huge Almond Brothers fan. Me too. God, I love their live stuff and everything else. One of the best ones is, uh, this is this is one of my favorites. It's so beautiful. Dickie Bats really Walk like this one. Along the river, sweet lullaby. It just keep on flowing. They don't worry about where he's going. This is the studio version of it. I think this one has like this really groovy, long guitar solo. Man, is that good? Play this all day long with the windows open. On the beach. On the beach. With the with the uh, airstream windows open on the beach. I can picture it. Here's the other thing I wanted to do too. I've always wanted to maybe take the Airstream. I've always wanted to be, because I'm a huge NASCAR fan, yeah. and, and Kevin Harvick is yeah. my guy, but I've always wanted to take, I would always want to take a camper and be in the midfield of, of a NASCAR race. I'm a Jeff Gordon guy. Oh, are you Jeff Gordon? Yeah. I am. The thing is, though, I am. People, people are very personal about their oh, people. Yeah. And so, you know, like Kyle Bush and these guys, they, 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 people, oh, he's a, he's a punk. And Jeff Gordon gets oh. that. Harvick gets that all the time. Yeah. Well, Jeff Gordon gets it because he's like, see, I like Jeff Gordon just because he's super, like, he's a clean guy. Like, yeah. he's like, he's all business, but he jumps in that race car like it's nothing. Listen to this, man.
won't hear commercials, but you may hear a little music. <laughs> you know what? It's my network. I'll play the whole darn solo. <laughs> saying? Oh, I know what you're saying. Is this not... That's great. I always feel sacrilege talking about for a beer. Oh. <laughs> no wonder you're laptop. This is, this is, you're out there and it's 98 degrees and you're standing on the beach there with a I'm in my boat. cold beverage or on your boat. That warm air is just blasting on you. Water around you. Oh, I picture it, buddy. That's where it is, brother. That's where it is, man. I'm a sun kind of guy. So anyway, I kind of want to keep going, but I have a feeling people don't want me to keep going. I mean, I, some people probably do, but they're like, dude, I know Matt's in there. I know me too, man. <laughs> I'm going to jam this later. <laughs> I can't get, how is it possible that I can't get my sunroof on my Malibu to open? Just in time for spring and summer. You can't get it No, open. it doesn't open. Oh, we got to fix that. I don't know. Certainly a Chevy dealership out there can fix that. <laughs> All right, so, uh, so you guys, while you were sleeping. When you turn your love my way. Turn your love my way. That's a great song. It's very romantic. People were commenting that. Yeah, it's a very romantic song. Yeah. It's very simple and beautiful. That that whole that whole guitar solo just, just crazy, crazy good. Thank you, Dickie. Thank you, Almond Brothers. You guys are the best. All right, so while you guys were sleeping, guess what? We had three of our Korean American hostages come home from North Korea, and they flew through Anchorage. You ever been to Anchorage before? No. I have been there because my uh, sister lives in Homer, Alaska, which is kind of like a sea town. So, like, when you think about Alaska, you think maybe that you're it's all snow yeah. and people wearing coats all over the place, and it's, you, you think yes. of it as being dreadful. And the fact of the matter is, it is in, <laughs> in, in the wintertime. Okay. Uh, in the summertime, it's a different story. So okay. my sister lives in Homer, which is kind of one of these sea towns, and so uh, we would go tide pooling and everything else. We'd find all these starfish, and, uh, and, and I think they call them sea stars and things like that, and go onto these little islands. And then it was a, a heavy boating area there, too. And you know what I did every night? I shucked oysters every night. I ate raw oysters every night in Alaska. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's unbelievably beautiful there. And in the summertime, it stays light, seriously, until like midnight. So we're running around out in the fields and stuff like that, and it's almost like it's kind of like dusk. Let's put it that way. So, okay. So, but the, the, it's still light outside. It's 11 o'clock midnight. You're running around. 
Oh, I mean, that's it was, it was, wild. Right, it was right. And you see those, all the, the green. Did you ever see, like, the green, the, what are they? Yeah, green. Bore, Boreala. Yeah. Oh, oh um, yeah, this, the Northern Lights. Yes. Yeah, and then you have, I thought you were going over there with the river. There's this beautiful river that oh, runs yeah, through yeah. the screen. But no, it's beautiful. And Anchorage is kind of cool, too, because it's kind of like it's, it's, it's a uh, heavy naval presence there, sure. uh, heavy military presence, but also it's kind of like a hippie town, too. Oh, that's right. Anchorage is kind of like, like that. <laughs> so it's pretty, it's a pretty cool place. But anyway, so that's they they, they left Anchorage uh, this morning and then popped over to Joint Base Andrews at about two in the morning. And there was President Trump, there was Melania, there was uh, Vice President Pence, and of course, Secretary of State Pompeo. These guys all came out of the so President Trump and Malali went into the airplane, kind of talked it a little bit. They came out, hands in the air. And then they uh, went down. I want to thank Kim Jong-un, who really uh, was excellent to these three incredible people. They are really three incredible people. And the fact that we were able to get them out so soon was some really a tribute to a lot of things, including a certain process that's taking place right now. And that process is very important. So we will see what happens. We have a meeting scheduled in a very short period of time. You'll be hearing about it soon. We have the location set, and we will see if we can do something that people did not think was going to happen for many, many years, and a lot of bad things could have happened in between. So uh, I, I just want to say this is a special night for these three really great people, and congratulations on being in this country. Thank you. President Trump, when are you going to apologize to Stormy Daniels? <laughs> Stormy. When are you going to, you know, the, that's oh, the, yeah. the, I, I didn't hear any of that, but you're just imagining these, oh, because yeah. these people want nothing. These people in the press, they want nothing to do with this kind of thing. They want to. They still want to talk about Russia collusion and Stormy Daniels yeah. and whatever else comes down the pike. And this goofball Cohen, who, by the way, I, I think he's he's a little problematic. This Cohen dude, no doubt about it. Because apparently he was President Trump could not have possibly known about this. But apparently this Cohen guy was running, going, "I'm the president's lawyer. You want to pay me this and this and, this? and it's like this guy seems dirty as the day is long. There's something not right about this Cohen character. But anyway, the media. They don't like this. They 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 they're looking at this and it's a bad it's day. driving yeah. them yeah. crazy. Yeah. And a little later on, I'll I'll play you uh, dueling sound bites from a Republican congressman and a and a Democrat one and marked differences in how they uh, actually responded to this North Korea thing, which everybody should be happy about. And and then you see, I'm sure there's somebody out there, much like it was with Putin, where the where where he's like, oh, he thanked Kim Jong Un, one from one dictator to another. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I could be one. I could, if you want me to put words in the mouths of crazy left wingers, I can do that because that's what they're saying right now. It was like even when he like like remember when it was. I'll I'll tell you something. Right? Remember when President Trump was running, and. And then he got elected. A little Bob Cork was saying, he's going to start World War III, and we can't trust him with his finger on the button, blah, 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 blah. And then suddenly, for instance, he has some 
cordial conversation with Putin, and suddenly he's a traitor. Yeah. How dare you have a conversation yeah. with Vladimir Putin like that? Even though, you know, obviously there was the you know, the Russian reset has been part of everybody's Democrat, Republican, everybody's campaign. But suddenly, which which is it? Is he is he a traitor right. or is he going to start World War Three? Which one is it? And then now he deals with, with the thing with uh, with Kim Jong Un, and they still won't give him any kind of quarter on this deal, and, and, and by by trying to say, hey, you know, that's pretty cool because I think, my memory serves me right, about two months ago, Kim Jong-un was threatening to to, to run missiles up everybody's rear end, and nuclear missiles for that matter. And Right, exactly. And then when President Trump said, no, you won't because we have bigger missiles than you do, (laughs) they're like, he's going to start World War III. (laughs) And then then Kim Jong-un goes, yeah, you're right. Peace by strength. Yeah, let's send people to the Olympics and yeah, start having like a calm fun this down. Yeah, I mean, so again, the 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 Buford Pusser like approach of President Trump, and you kind of got to be old to know who Buford, you know, you don't know. He was the guy. He was the guy who uh, walked softly and carried the big uh, s- stick. Really? That, 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 well, you know, Roosevelt the original. was Teddy, but but Buford Pusser was the it was Sheriff Buford Pusser. Okay. Yeah, what a name, huh? It's a great name. Walking Tall was the name of the movie. See, this is very pretty. I know, man. <laughs> I know, but you want to watch it sometime. I may. get schooled on some of these uh, cultural references. I right? know. Oh. Yeah, but, I'm bringing uh, you like listen, you know, dude. No, believe me, there are people who are my age who don't remember Buford okay. Buster. So it's not okay. like it's not like that's something you don't know who Buford Buster is. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that to you because there are a lot of people who don't know that kind of stuff. I just happen to be a guy who saw pretty much every single movie ever made. From about 1968 on through about 75, because my dad was like a, addicted to movies. movies. So my first double feature was Patton and Mash, and I was nine. No, I like both of those. Yeah, and yeah. I, I was nine years old. Yeah. I fell asleep during Mash. I think Me I too. fell asleep right after the shower scene, but that was about it. But nonetheless, uh, so I sat and I, I, I whether we we would see uh, the movies, we would see. Movies about Bigfoot and Patton and Mash, and I think we saw one that involved a uh, gigantic snake. I can't remember who that was. We, we everything, every single movie we we saw, and so anyway, Buford Walking Tall was one of those. Trump has done. I, I, I truly believe he'll go down. And I'm not just saying that. It's probably one of the best presidents. I mean, did you see with the jobs that they announced? They said finally the amount of unemployment and the amount of available jobs. Is exact. It's equal now. Like that just doesn't happen. Driving everybody nuts. Too. It's driving them crazy. And you know, and 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 I think he's doing a great job. But I really don't think, with the exception of all the other stuff that people want to obsess about, right. which would be uh, his personal life, his stormy, whatever that happens to be. But the reality is, as a leader, this guy has basically taken the bull by the horns, and he is doing. If if all you have to do is read his book. And are the deal, and you're seeing everything that he did in that book. I have it sitting. You saw it when, yep. when I was doing my lives from my piano room. Uh, everything he's doing now is all part of that, or probably. And, and you might mix it in a little bit of art of war in yeah. there too. But but yeah. nonetheless, he's he's doing everything correctly, and he's freaking everybody out because usually the way we deal with Iran or we deal with North Korea or any of these people is we just say. Uh, we ask them how high they want us to jump when they say jump. 
and, and or what what do you want us to get? What, how much money do you want us to deliver to you in an airplane? Or what check do you want? What what's the amount that you really need, uh, Kim, to keep quiet about all this stuff? And that hasn't worked in the past. It's only emboldened these people. And and you all know in your regular life how you deal with people who are trying to push you over and and put you down and get you down. If you don't stand up to them, and you guys have a history of that in your own lives, why would you expect a commander-in-chief to bend over for these people? Of course you wouldn't. And and Donald Trump didn't become who he was uh, to this level by bending over for everybody and, and, and sucking up to everybody. He stands his ground, he does his thing, and I think he's done a great job even... The way he stood his ground in terms of his comportment, in terms of how he's tweeting and things like that, he's he's basically got the messaging down in terms of communicating to the other countries that, first of all, America comes first. And secondly, if you think you're going to somehow hurt us in some way, shape or form, we have the tools to hurt you 10 times over. That's just the reality. And it indeed has worked. And we could see all these moods over there in Iran, the Iran parliament burning, you know, I think they went to like a Xerox machine (laughs) or, and they printed something off the internet that was supposed to look like a flag, you know, and and, and it was a flag. (laughs) What? what, I'm just picturing them (laughs) going into their local Kinko's of Iran. After, after they sit on it, taking pictures of their butt. Yeah. Watch me. Look at my butt. Look at my butt on the Xerox machine. Look at these. And then they, 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 okay, uh, they, don't you have to print a flag? Yeah, okay, the flag. So they get the they so they're burning this, they're burning this flag that looks like they just printed it right off of something. It even has I think wording underneath it. And and, and it's not really burning a flag. You're burning like a picture of one. And then then the thing yeah. drops on the floor and everything. Anyway, these guys essentially now they know and they're they're mad they can't do anything about it and the Iran nuclear deal was supposed to give them they were going to be enriching themselves in more ways than one and i will tell you the news media hasn't helped and and i realize that i'm not telling you anything new but if you look at abc world news tonight with david muir who by the way has an interesting when he when, when these guys do, do you even watch network news like the no, five thirty, I really don't because it's it's I I truly just think it's because you're not eighty. Yeah, yeah, but but these guys for whatever reason, um, David Muir has a po- you know how these guys pose, yeah, and they, and, and and they kind of have yeah. their you know they're posing it's with the, their elbow up yeah. and doing it. He is hanging on to the desk like he has a his hands are on the desk. Like he's on a Disney ride. It's, it's like twirling around. It's like, dude, why are you holding the desk on holding on the desk for dear life? What are you doing, dude? I noticed a stupid thing like that. But listen to how when he talks about the North Korean hostage victory and he dovetails a big whine about the uh, about the Iran deal. It's great to have you with us here on a very busy Wednesday night. Three Americans held hostage in North Korea are on their way home right now. President Trump first tweeting that they were on their way. It comes ahead of his face-to-face with Kim Jong-un. The three men flying out with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. President Trump says he plans to be there when they arrive at Andrews Air Force Base at 2 in the morning. Just as Iran tonight sends the president its own message after he tore up the nuclear deal. The pro- yeah, so this is a dovetail into the Iran. What I'm saying is these guys, normally, like, the way this would be reported would be that 
that President Trump, victory in North, uh, with North Korea, the hostages are coming home. Meanwhile, President Trump's other major achievement or other major move was to tear up the Iran nuclear deal. Instead, he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like Iranian TV. He's taking, yeah. these guys are taking the position of essentially our enemies at, at all levels. I mean, even when North Korea, even when Kim Jong-un was attacking us yeah. and, and threatening us, when President Trump said, no, you won't, they're like, oh, President Trump is is making Kim Jong Un yeah. mad. It's like you got to be kidding me. I mean, it's uh, it's when um, uh, the American news started sounding like Al Al Jazeera channel. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, you yeah. know, I mean, in there, I think they watch Al Jazeera and they get their news because they view that as worldly. They're because they're 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 globalists. This is what they're not in it for America. They're in it for. The greater global good. Well, and here's the thing. I will tell you one thing, and I'm not correcting you. By the way, here's Genevieve's number. You can call her there. Hey, yeah. everybody. What were you going to say? Uh, I, I will tell you, and this is kind of weird, and I know it's going to kind of sound weird. Okay. And, and you didn't intend it this way because you, because you sound like Al Jazeera. But it's worse than that because I, I got to tell you, Al Jazeera, even during the George Bush administration. Okay was more fair and balanced, and I'm not kidding you, okay. than the American media. I That's am not kidding statement. you. Uh, and, 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 but if you go on there even right now, now, when it comes to wow. some foreign affairs, they do have, a, obviously, a, 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 a Arab bias, so to okay. speak. But technically, even when you look at how they report on, uh, and, and, and folks, correct me if I'm wrong, but even when they report on stuff going on in Congress, they're more fair and, and middle of the road and balanced than even some of the, the networks are. Isn't that crazy to think about? That is terrible. I am not kidding you. Actually, some foreign, foreign services are like that. It, it, you'd be amazed <sighs> at how, how they seem to be a lot more balanced about our politics and everything else than our own media is. Wow. Yeah. You want to go ahead and rock her? Yeah. Yeah. Genevieve Wood no, is back. Good... Oh, you know what? I, I, I should, I should, well, I was going to get some music up for her. Oh, yeah. And, and, because I, I had an old theme for her. And, uh, deep in the heart, because she's from Texas. While yeah. you do that, I'll look it up here. The number you are calling from has been associated with high volume calling use. <laughs> what? It's been associated with high volume call, call use. I think it just, she's, she apparently is a very popular individual. Let me just tell Hold her. Hold on. No, it's um, all right. Let me try one more time. <laughs> it was random. I know. What was that? I don't know. High volume. Hello, this is Genevieve. Hi, Genevieve Wood. How you doing? It's Good Jamie. Good morning. Good morning to you How too. How are you? Uh, wow, doing great. And listen, I have a little song for you, real quickly here, because I, I I don't have your old theme, obviously, because I'm not there anymore. But uh, that's okay. We were just talking about George Strait earlier. Genevieve Wood from Texas. <laughs> What's up with George Strait? Well, listen, I'm going get to you, get you this. He's at the Astrodome. It's just the intro part, Genevieve. Bear with me. We have all the time in the world. 
<laughs> that's the instrumental version of Deep in the Heart of Texas, which is live from George Strait. And I kind of had that as Genevieve's theme at the at the old joint. Genevieve Wood, by the way, thank you so much. Heritage has been so good to me. You and Jimmy Carafano uh, tweeting out your support in the aftermath of that whole debacle. But you know what? I don't know whether you've been keeping track, but we are back. Radio Free Almond. This is a basically digital radio. And we are slamming it. We are number one in news talk for Facebook interactivity. And we also have thousands of people listening to the show, rivaling the listenership of anything else out there in Dinosaur Radio. So I just want to let you know that you're in good company. And the people who are listening to me over at the other station are now listening to you here. (laughs) I can pretty much guarantee it. So thank you. That's awesome. Future of Radio. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And what we were trying to get uh, Jimmy to think about is, because I'm serious about this, and I'm going to talk to Corrine about this, because Radio Free Almond is actually a radio station. It's a network. So I'm on from 6 to 9. But I have an entire day that we are ultimately going to be populating with all kinds of different people. I mean, I, I, in fact, I'm talking to Judicial Watch about possibly having an hour-long show on Radio Free Almond. And I broached this with Jimmy when he was on with me earlier, and I said, I'd love to have you guys, I don't know whether you even do this kind of thing, where Heritage could do whatever they want for an hour on Radio Free Almond, and people would love it because Heritage, the Heritage Foundation is such a great organization. You guys do so much work, whether it be on uh, economics, whether it be on foreign affairs, whether it be on immigration policy. Uh, it doesn't matter. You guys have you guys can flip. You have people for every issue near and dear to the hearts of my people. So if you do get back to your people, just let them know that I think this might be on the right track for you guys. No, I definitely will, and I think Kareem would be. I mean, she's the right person to broach it to, but I think it's a great concept. You guys would be really good at it too. All right, so Genevieve, let's see. Let's talk first about the what happened this morning, which was the uh, the arrival of our three. Korean-American hostages from North Korea. Pretty major deal. And President Trump was out there and he basically said, now we're setting up this meeting. I mean, this is pretty amazing. Well, that's a huge deal. I mean, and it's, 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 you know, one of, I'd kind of say, three big pieces this week. So on the foreign policy front, number one, obviously being the fact that he was willing to pull us out of the Iran deal, number one. Uh, number two, getting the hostages back before we have the talks with North Korea. And three, next week on Monday, uh, our official embassy is going to open uh, our new embassy, if you will, in Jerusalem, in, in Israel. It won't be the final building, but the new embassy is going to be moved there. These are all major, I would say, not just actions, but also statements to the world that the U.S. means what it says, uh, that it's going to have peace through strength if we can possibly get that, that we're all for diplomacy, but that we're going to back it up uh, with strength if necessary. And, you know, that's bringing right now the right kind of outcomes. Does it mean we'll get peace on the Korean Peninsula? We don't know yet, but we're certainly much more likely headed in that direction than we have been in a long time. And again, I think it's because people around the world, leaders around the world, think that the president and this administration is serious about what they're saying. No doubt. And and a lot of people seemingly are shocked that President Trump is fulfilling his promises, which is kind of crazy. Like, he tore he tore up the Iran nuclear deal. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I kind of think he said he was going to do that. Yeah, but but, ja- but Jamie, I mean, they're so used to, to politicians at every level, governors, mm-hmm. presidents, congressmen, 
not fulfilling their promises, right? Saying one thing and then they get in office and they do something else. So I just, I, you know, I think it's a little bit surprising on that level. And number two, I think they didn't think that maybe, you know, they buy into the whole fake news idea that the rest of the world doesn't respect the president, doesn't like the president. Well, you know what? There may be a lot of leaders around the world that don't like him that much, but that's not the point. This isn't a popularity contest. The question is, do they respect you? And, you know, they may have liked Obama. I would even question that, but I don't think they respected him. Yeah. And, I, and you saw the way that that played out. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. And by the way, I want to let you know, Genevieve, uh, my buddy here is Ryan Jacox. He's on with me on the show. So uh, Hello. he's an awesome guy. Helped me build the Hello, radio. Hello, sir. Free Almond brand. So hopefully, obviously, we want to kind of make her a regular person yeah. on the show. So you'll get used to Ryan as well uh, being here. By the way, speaking of this whole deal with the Iran nuclear deal, it's interesting to see how, for instance, the Never Trump guys like Jeff Flake and John Kasich who were against the Iran deal in the beginning. Like in 2015, Jeff Flake said, I oppose Obama's Iran deal. Then Trump tears it up, and Flake's like, I oppose tearing up the Iran deal. It's like, what is going on here? (laughs) Uh, Look, there's a reason that folks like Senator Jeff Flake, I think, are not running for re-election. I think because they saw the writing on the wall that they were going to have a tough time getting re-elected. And one of the reasons being what you're saying right now. You know, I I think he is probably still against the Iran deal, but they are so loath to come out and do anything that would support President Trump. I I just, you know, they they don't seem to want to give him a victory. And I just, folks like that, I just, you know, that's just two-faced to me. I mean, there's plenty of folks, Senator Cruz, Senator Rubio, others who ran against Trump, obviously in the Republican primary. They've had the chutzpah to come out and say, this is a good deal. Congratulations to the president. He deserves credit for this. I mean, that's what people who are truly committed to the principles would do. You don't just, you know, say I'm committed to that on days when it's, you know, politically favorable to you. Uh, you're willing to say it when somebody you've opposed in the past does the right thing. But but folks like Senator Flank, uh, just for whatever reason, they can't do it. Yeah. You mentioned Senator Cruz, and this could dovetails into another area of your expertise, which, of course, is uh, – domestic politics and and i was wondering because once we before we get into the whole blue wave myth uh what how do you think senator cruz is doing because for a while there there was talk that he was slightly perhaps compromised and now there's an independent in the race and everything else and much to senator cruz's credit he's been a pretty good ally as as much animus as there was at the time in the presidential sure. election he really has stepped up to be the guy everybody knew him to be which is i think cruz is a good man i think he's got solid credentials and i think he has integrity and he's been a good ally of president trump how do you think he's going to fare in in the upcoming elections Well, I mean, I I think Senator Cruz is a solid conservative. He actually was just at the Heritage Foundation yesterday talking about Nicaragua and among other (laughs) what's going on down there, among other things. But he is a solid conservative. uh, And Texas is a solid conservative state. I know the left wants to pretend it's purple. It's not. I'm not saying that they aren't working very hard and that Republicans should keep their eye on that. But as of right now, I don't see this being a race that Senator Cruz is going to lose. Even with the independent in it, huh? Even well, because not if not if Texas voters, uh, you know, and conservatives really turn out and and are committed to 
wanting to see good conservative things, and President Trump, who won Texas very handily, they want to keep seeing him be successful in Washington. I think they'll know that Senator Cruz is a way to go. He's been support. Look, of course they had harsh words with each other. Uh, they ran against each other in the Republican primary. It basically came down to the two of them at the end of the day. So yeah, it was tough. But again, I think that shows somebody's character when after going through all of that, he's able to come out and not just vote the right way and support the president, but by and large has also vocally, verbally been supported. I mean, I just saw him on Fox this morning talking, giving the president kudos for the Iran deal. So, you know, I, again, I think he'll have to make that case of like, if you want the president's agenda put into place, I'm your best bet to keep help making that happen. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think he's going to win it. Yeah, well, that's good. And, and, yeah, that whole way in which these guys are handling their their relationship, that's what men do. And, and, and good for Senator Cruz and President Trump, for that matter. These guys know that's how right. to work this, and, and, and that's, that's a good thing. And on a broader scale, the discussion of the blue wave, I mean, I know that there's been talk even that there are at least nine – Democrat Senate seats that basically are are in a lot more peril than they might have been even six months ago, correct? Well, I mean, of course, it looks at which poll you look at and so forth, but I, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, just what you saw even this week with the primary voters in Ohio and West Virginia and Indiana, I think it was North Carolina. The, I mean, the last count I saw in Ohio, so I don't know if the number still holds, but Republicans turned out by like 150,000 more than Democrats did in Ohio. Uh, I would call that enthusiasm. Uh, and I think it's because, you you know, we've had the tax cut bill go through. You're seeing the economy doing well. We're seeing the, the positive moves on the foreign policy front. You know, there's still a lot of time between now and November. But I do think Republican-based voters are more motivated than they've been given credit for because they're beginning – they've seen some action. Uh, you know, so I – Again, it depends on where you are in state by state in terms of some of these Senate races. But I, I am not convinced there's going to be a blue wave the way the press would like you to believe. Now, I was a little concerned because I heard somebody talking about the idea that there will possibly be some Republican House seats that might go away. But I was explaining earlier that the House and the House races and just in general the way everything is set up, it's it's very – uh, it's it's a different animal than a Senate race uh, because everything is so highly localized in, in these House races that it's not beyond the realm of comprehension, much like it was in 2010, that when you have a president who's kind of like doing a lot, uh, that that the other party might actually be able to make some waves with that by declaring the person polarizing, whatever. So, But still, is it really possible that Democrats will take over the House? I mean – is it possible? Yes. Uh, I, but me personally, I don't, I just, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to pick up seats as, as if, if the election were held today, uh, it's likely that they would pick up seats. I don't know that they would take the house back, but again, I, I've just sensed, and I think this most recent wave, because look, what we saw this week were in states where with the exception of maybe West Virginia, there weren't any kind of like the really far out crazy candidate scenarios yeah. that we've seen in some of these other areas. And when you, so when you had just kind of a normal race, conservative versus liberal Republican versus Democrat, there were, you know, I, I think, you know, like I said, the Republicans turned out well, and I think you saw momentum on that side. So, and, and again, keep in mind, the press is trying so hard to suggest 
that there's this huge blue wave coming. Uh, Democrats are taking back the Congress, being the Senate and the House. That, yeah, it's almost like they're trying to depress voters. So, again, you know, it's kind of like the 2016 election in some respects all over again, yeah. suggesting that this is going to be a certain way. And I have a feeling voters are going to show up that people just aren't expecting. Yeah, we and we have obviously a very contentious race down here uh, in Missouri. And Claire McCaskill, I, I don't know, I, I, she's back to her old tricks, which normally has been to to go on and present herself as a centrist, even though I I believe she's far from one. And the polls are indicating that a lot of people are not buying her going back to this centrist well. And so I think she's she's definitely in trouble. And I think even when they put up some generic Republicans, like just a generic Republican ballot, she still doesn't do very well. With no name attached. Well, not, and that's yeah, yeah. And look, and again, it depends on which poll you look at. But but even in recent weeks, even though the Democrats, I would say, had a generic ballot across the country, currently are still doing better. It's it's almost it's not cut in half. It's very close to that of where they were a month ago. So again, I just I you know this is where you begin to see people start realizing, okay, this is trending well. The economy's doing well. Uh, you know, Republicans need to be better, I, I would argue, to continue to make that case about tax reform and what a significant impact that that is having the economy and how different it will be if if Democrats do take back the House. Nancy Pelosi just said this week, yes, indeed, she would push to roll back uh, the tax cut. Mm-hmm. So that means raising taxes if the Democrats come back in charge. So, you know, I think as, as people get closer and think about those things, I think that influences their vote dramatically. Yeah, no doubt. I just don't know what these folks are going to run on. I mean, unless they find another Confederate statue someplace, I just don't think they're going to make too much. <laughs> you better, you better, you get a well, fight. Look, they're running against, depending on where they are, they're running against President Trump. Right. I mean, that's what they're running against in many of these cases. Uh, they're, I think they're going to try to push, and they've got some Republican help uh, in the House potentially trying to bring up immigration again, which, you know, could be could go bad either way for either party. Uh, So there's just a lot that could happen over the next, you know, three months. Like I said, this we're we're in the beginning of May. We're talking November at this point, you know, so there's a lot that can happen between now and then. These Korean talks are likely going to happen between now and then. So, uh, you know, there's just there's a lot that voters will be thinking about on, you know, when they enter a voting booth on November that may not be on their minds today. And heritage has always been uh, you, you guys are always you guys are certainly conservative and you promote conservative policy. You've never really been partisan. And even during the election, you all were not that way. Jimmy was the same way. Hans and you, the, the three people I more normally talk to. So I'm going to just kind of ask you a, a a frank question because I know you even you kept you were just right down central with all of your analysis during the presidential campaign, but just as a person, as a person who's analyzed this stuff in the past and 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 who who has seized the writing on the wall in terms of many of the white papers you all do when it comes to the economy, immigration, foreign policy, are you surprised at the president's success? Uh, at his success or, or his decisions? Um, I, I guess I'll take each one. Yeah, just uh, uh, because, <laughs> because is there uh, is there a, is, well, no, I mean, I, is there a distinction? Am I surprised that the economy is doing better based on the tax plan that was put through the House that he obviously had a big hand in? No, because, I mean, the, the, the what was in the tax plan are things that, that 
analysts at, at Heritage and other uh, conservative think tanks and just conservative thinkers and budget folks have been saying for years, you know, give more money back to the agri- to the citizens uh, and to businesses as, who know how better to spend that money and how better to invest it than the government. And that's a great part of what this tax bill did. For years, we've been saying if we want to be competitive as a country, we got to lower the corporate tax rate here because all these other countries are doing that. And so we shouldn't be surprised when businesses that have been here for years decide to move to other countries because they're getting better tax rates. We're seeing those some of those companies come back. Uh, we're seeing other companies decide not to move. So, you know, whenever he's implemented are signed on to, to to policies that we've been promoting for a long time. I know I'm not surprised that they <laughs> that they've been successful. And, and when people say, "Were well, you surprised that he's been a conservative president in terms of who he's appointed as to uh, judicial appointments or to policies that he's backed?" Again, I say no, and that that's because I don't. I don't think the president thinks of himself as a conservative. I don't think he's an ideologue. I think he's just very common sense. He's very practical. Yeah. And he's like, does this work? And I think conservative ideas, by and large, they work. They do make common sense. And so it doesn't surprise me that he picks the right policies because he's a common sense. Let's pick the right common sense policies here for the American people. And those tend to be ones that I would say are, are, are conservative by nature. He was certainly perfect for this time, and I think there are a lot of people out there, uh, whether you're Democrat, Republican, or maybe, you know, obviously he had a lot of uh, traditional Democrat voters who voted for him. Even if you go to Wisconsin or Pennsylvania, you could see that right there, West Virginia. I mean, it was it's pretty amazing what he's been able to pull off as far as I'm concerned. Is, is there, no, no, I, I think you're right. Is there a risk on our part as conservatives that when things are good— like they are right now, that there's a sense of complacency. See, you know, with Obama, when he was coming out, we were very energized. Is there is there a sense of complacency that you feel is is in the conservative movement for these upcoming elections? Well, I mean, I think, Ryan, there's always a when, – when your team, so to speak, or your person is in power, there's a, ten, a tendency not to feel as, you know, under assault that, you you know, you're, you're kind of on the, the – You've got the upper hand, uh, and so some of the momentum dies down. But I, I will say, in many respects, because of the way it's been since 2016, the press hasn't let up. The left, it's like the campaign never ended. Mm-hmm. It's like every day, it's like you know you got to go vote again. <laughs> and right. I just, you know, I, I think that that's um, that energy. It may not be as obvious as it's been in the past, but I think underneath it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think in, come November, you're going to. You're going to see it. You're going to see it show up again. But it's something to certainly be concerned about, to think about, to talk about with folks, uh, because just because you were elected one time doesn't mean you'll get it the second time. And there's no doubt that if Democrats take the House, uh, Nancy Pelosi may not admit to this today, but their base is going to demand impeachment hearings. They're just going to demand it. And whether it goes anywhere or not, it's kind of like the Mueller investigation. May not go anywhere, but it is a huge distraction to getting solid policy things done. It's a huge distraction to both Congress and to the, to the White House. So it, that's another reason. It's like if you want this like nonsense to go away, if you're sick of hearing about investigations, sick of hearing about scandal, constant, constant, that doesn't really end up do, being anything, then another good reason to say not let the folks come in who are demanding that kind of thing. And, and there's a lot of people running on the left 
it's all about impeachment for them. Yeah, and I think to this time around, uh, you know, I think complacency, Ryan, uh, Genevieve, has been a problem in the past, uh, especially for Republicans who just thought that it was, something was a shoe in or with this right. kind of thing. But I think what's happening is there are so many people who are enjoying yeah. what they're seeing that we want more of it. And, 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 and so, honestly, with as active as the president, president has been, and as just groundbreaking, and he's been on a number of different levels, I mean, considering that we haven't had tax reform for 35, 40 years, 35 years, I think it's pretty amazing. I think, and I think Americans are enjoying it so much that they just don't, they're no, there's no way they're going to let go of it. And I'm also surprised, Genevieve, one of the things I was really surprised about, like six months ago, I was like, uh-oh, the swamp is actually going to get this guy because yeah. you had all these Republicans <laughs> out there and then you had the deep staters and all these guys. And I was thinking, man, is he going to be able to get past his own party, which I, you know, even when he in, in during when he was running, he was the nominee. I was like, I have a feeling the people who are going to be more trouble for him are not going to be Democrats. They're going to be Republicans. Yeah. And yet he's been able to withstand that, too. No, I listen. He he's been defiant. I mean, and there you're, I'm with you. There have been moments where I'm like, you know, I mean, if, I think I thought if anybody could kind of be a bowling ball in this town, it probably would be him. Um, but I was yeah. like, the pens are still standing, you know, in too many places. But he's he's kept standing and he's kept fighting. Uh, and and, and the, you know, the pen here and there continues to to drop. So, look, I think that's one of the things, and, and I think you'll probably see him do that this summer, just like you saw him out in Michigan uh, that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the same night of the White House Correspondents' Center. He's out doing basically a political rally. I think, you know, you'll see him doing more of that kind of thing this summer and reminding people, let's stay the course of draining the swamp. Uh, you know, it, the swamp was a big thing. It was filled up, you know, even more than I expected. The water was higher than I expected. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we got we got to keep we got to stay at it and, and remind people why they voted for him, even though he's not on the ballot and remind people, you know, who which which members of Congress are most likely going to help him continue to fight the fight here. I think that's what's got to be reminded to to the base of voters. All right, Genevieve Wood, Heritage dot org. And I have one final question for you, and that is. All right. So last night. We're just settling and getting everything taken care of. And, yeah, you're going to be on, blah, blah, blah. And I say, yes, thank you. And then you send back this little Genevieve Wood cartoon uh, that says stoked <laughs> on it. Emoji. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying, Genevieve. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to show them the, the, the wave of this future. I want one of those. But I didn't know. I mean, you sent it back. I'm thinking. This is pretty cool. I always, I always knew Genevieve was kind of uptown, oh, modern with it and yeah. all that kind of thing. But that was like, wow, that was pretty cool to get that little, uh, little personality pump right there, right over the the text. I loved it. So, well, th- well, you you can have your own, Jamie. Just go to Bitmoji and you can you can See? you can create your own. That's Genevieve, fun. Before yeah. you know it. He will be replying back to you with bitmojis. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt. And, and Genevieve, no I'm doubt. telling you, I, I'm I'm going to send you a couple pictures, in a, and 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 I don't know whether you've been on our Facebook page because we're actually Facebook living now, but we've got thousands of people engaged in this, and Radio Free Almond has really just been kicking off, and it's only been 30 days since everything kind of went south. And so we're, I'm, I'm really happy with this and I'm so pleased and, and, and privileged to have you on board and I'll make sure 
that we I told told Jim the same thing uh, that we're gonna I'm gonna send you some hats and t-shirts, okay? Some so you can get some Radio Free Almond That's gear, awesome. okay? And uh, it's gonna be great. And I'll talk to Corrine about the the future regarding the network itself. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. And you know I think it's awesome what you're doing. And you know freedom of speech is important. And I'm glad that you stayed up for that. So fight on, brother. I appreciate it very much, Genevieve Wood. You're the best. Thanks, thanks, dear. Really good. She was one of those individuals, like a lot of people who were on the old show. So I talked to him once and I said, I gotta have him on on a regular basis. We'll take a break here. Gonna take a trip to Laredo. Gonna take a dip in the lake. Oh, I'm at a crossroads with myself. I don't got no one else. Impossibilities at
Because the Gaslight Sessions, these guys do a lot of local, a lot of these great bands come through here. And we had Judah and Lion, some yeah. of the bands you, you're familiar with. Band of Horses really hasn't come through St. Louis much, have it? Great bands, man. Love these guys. Band of Horses, people. Hey, uh, let me let me see this story. I love this story. So there's a guy who is. I mean, this Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mr. Band of Horses. Thank you very much for we your service. We still softly have to them. The, I can just softly. Yeah. 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 I kind of like that. You know, some people, though, I'm not, I'm not really averse to this idea of having music playing all the time underneath you. <laughs> yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know what you mean. Wouldn't it be kind of weird? I mean, you know, I think we ought to try this like one time where we have classical music like playing behind just to see how that would sound <laughs> your own life story being well or just just have it in the background the, the whole time I, I wonder how how that sounds i don't know whether that would sound very interesting or not all right so there's this guy in dc and uh, his name is william figba okay and it's not a made it sounds like a made up name but it's not and he is taking President Trump to court, suing him for back rent of the White House. So he's suing him for a full year that the president's been staying at the White House and demanding $240,000 in unpaid rent at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue at a rate of $25,000 a month. That's the, that's the rent He's set up for the White House there. And he I don't know where he gets the, the yeah. math there. So apparently, and this is according to TMZ, actually, because they're, they're the ones who dug into the story, believe it or not. TMZ is kind of an unusual outfit. They do some, they sometimes do some pretty good work as an organization. I know that they're normally like going and 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 interviewing the rapper as he's leaving the club, you know, and getting into his Maserati. But generally, though, they sometimes do some pretty good interesting stuff. So the guy, the reason for this is the guy claims to be a descendant of George Washington. I'm not kidding you. (laughs) So that, but what's crazy about this is he thinks then that that gives him ownership of the White House because George Washington was the first president of the United States, which, of course, even they would tell you then that Actually. it was not designed to be <laughs> it was the it's the people's house it never was actually a person's house but this guy thinks that because he's a descendant of George Washington and the other thing is there's nothing new here about what he's doing in fact he's been doing this since Jimmy Carter was president in fact he filed retroactive suits against every president since 1977 from Jimmy Carter to Trump and so he's, you know, he, Trump was, for Carter it was like twelve grand or a hundred grand at the time, and the guy continues to file these claims for back rent. Isn't that crazy? Yet I'm I'm already picturing it because it's Trump, 
situation room with Wolf Blitzer. Guys, we have a major, major situation. <laughs> They'll have a nine-person panel. Yeah. On Does President Trump <laughs> owe, owe back rent? <laughs> They'll have, they'll have, and as usual, they'll have like one feeble Republican on there who gets oh, eaten alive. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, speaking of TMZ, and this was this was a, this was pretty good too. I don't. By the way, folks, just so you know, I'm not going to begin using TMZ as the Radio Free Alma news source. But there's sometimes there's some pretty interesting things on this thing if you can get past again. The guy leaving the club or somebody getting into a fist fight or something like that or somebody drunk and babbling on in the street. Yeah. (laughs) So they did, after President Trump was able to secure the release of the three Korean-American hostages, uh, TMZ decided they were going to go to the Capitol, which I think is kind of odd because the same guy who interviews – Rapper Jay Z or whatever the hell it is with after with his body full of bub leaving the club <laughs> uh, is the same guy also interviewing Steve Scalise, who's a congressman, Republican yeah. congressman, you know, and Hakeem Jeffries, who's a Democratic congressman. So the guy, you can tell, he's like, "Hello, Mr. Congressman, what do you think I'm doing? Um, what are you um?" And but still, he's eliciting interesting stuff, even though he might not be Mister Polished or whatever. And I'm I, I wouldn't claim to be either. But anyway, so so it, listen to the two differing responses to President Trump and his securing the release of these three American hostages, one from a Republican and one from a Democrat, and then you'll kind of see what Genevieve Wood was talking about as to why Democrats can't break that authenticity barrier that they have because oftentimes and republicans have been had a problem with this too yeah. they're so mercenary yeah. they won't give anybody an inch now people will say yeah they didn't give obama an inch but i'm not quite sure there was an inch to give president obama to tell you the truth and maybe democrats feel that way too but but president but it'd be different if you're just picking on president obama but this isn't this isn't a major accomplishment though this is something that actually did happen that very few people could find fault with when you're freeing three American hostages who have been there for a year, which I didn't know, but they've been there for a year. And how could you possibly kind of think that's not a good thing? Anyway, let's do it. Steve Scalise, Hakeem Jeffries, both back to back. Good morning, Congressman. How are you doing? Today with the um, president... Um, having releasing the uh, hostages is there a, this a is scalise people, the non-sayers who didn't believe in the president right now should they you know at least give him his accomplishments for this i, I think that i love the, i love how the guy that he was he wanted to say naysayers yeah. but he called them non-sayers no <laughs> i think so but you know what god love him you know he's 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 at the capitol with yeah. his recorder and he's, you know, got some guts and he's There's going pressure and he's always there. talking. What President Trump's doing on the world stage has been phenomenal. But if you look at what happened in North Korea, you know, he's standing up to a brutal dictator and he's getting results. And that's a good thing. It shows you that what President Trump is doing is working and our enemies are fearing us right now, which they should. And the hostages coming home is a good thing? I think that's a big win for President Trump and Secretary Pompeo. He's doing a great job, Secretary of State. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, so now they're going to talk. Now the guy is going to talk to Hakeem Jeffries, who is a a Democrat. And look at how hard he tries not to give President Trump props. In fact, 
he's kind of stabbing his finger through the air as he's going through these points, <laughs> trying to make sure he's not going to possibly leak out any kind of compliment for the president. With a day like today where everybody's been critical of the president and him today helping release some of the hostages in North Korea, is, it one, is this today that you tip your hat off to him at least? No, listen, anytime you can bring Americans who were imprisoned overseas, particularly as it relates to... Uh, I mean, he's, he's trying so hard, just... And you can see his his mind kind of going, oh, yeah. and he's kind of like doing this, but on the other hand, this. But he doesn't. He doesn't want to do it. The made regime back home. It's a good day for the American people. So you know, he he gets a tip of a hat today, President Trump, for you. It's a good day for the American people. It's a good day for the president. It's a good day for the Congress. It's a good day for democracy. Okay, thank you so much, Congressman. Yeah, and it's like it's like. And, and you, why don't you just say it's a good day for the mailman, also, just and be <laughs> and be really gener- generic at that point? But you notice, I mean, he did say it's a good day for the president. I get it, but but the, but the this idea somehow that he can't, as a normal human being, say. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I don't. He could even even if he couched it and said, "You know what? I I disagree with him fundamentally on pretty much all of his policy ideals." But as an American, I think this is pretty cool what he just achieved there. I don't know. He's sitting there thinking about his reelection, thinking, "Gosh, I got to be so careful what I say here because it'll be a rewind from uh, <laughs> you know." I mean, that's the way it works. Yeah, no doubt. Did you see this story too on CBS and? Um, let's put it this way. I've been talking this morning about how the media seems to take the side of whatever side that President Trump isn't on. So if if President Trump were, in fact, battling the devil, they might, like, find something positive about the devil they could talk about. You know, the devil does have, is wearing a particular kind of red today that stands out and looks uh, actually a little more put together than... (laughs) They would find something like, boy, his horns are shiny today. You know, something like that. But when it came to the nuke deal, so this woman who's a reporter over there, and she's wearing... I guess she. Do you have to? She's wear. She's a reporter. She's wearing the the headscarf. Oh, the CBS reporter is. is that's a thing now. It is kind of a thing. I think. Uh, what's her name? She she did it for a while there over there. She she used to be really doing so well, and then she just dropped off the face of. I can't remember her name, but but this woman is the reporter who was doing the story, and she is Elizabeth Palmer. And so she's doing the story. She's interviewing Iranians about the tearing up of the of the Iranian nuclear deal. Now, first of all, I have to tell you, I don't really, in all due respect to the Iranians, who I know uh, the Iranians are. I'm sure there are many of them are nice people. Oh yeah, and you know I'm a lover, not a fighter, as you know. And so I'm sure that there are many people over there who are nice people, much like there might be North Koreans over there who are just kind of just getting along, minding their own business, doing whatever. But I really don't care what Iranians think about the tearing up of the nuclear deal. And I really don't, I really don't want to watch a newscast where I'm going, hmm, so what do the Iranians think about this? Like, <laughs> I don't really care what they think. And I, I mean, it's not out of any kind of hate or disdain for them. But I really don't really care about what they think because I am an American and my American president just tore up a deal that most normal people 
in assessing the deal, thought it was a negative thing for us. Right. And also, uh, other people on the national stage, international stage, have pointed out that these Iranians are developing uh, nuclear weapons, which everybody predicted was going to be happening with the Iranians. Now, initially, we were like, well, you know, we need this to develop our power source and blah, blah, blah. And which was kind of a lie anyway. Right. And and but anyway, this Elizabeth Palmer, so she's in this kind of um this burqa type of thing, whatever I guess it's called a burqa. And she says basically in a report that Iranians that, that the White House is a hostile and the Iranians are feeling it. So you can you He know. told us what millions of ordinary Iranians are saying that the nuclear deal hasn't yet, as promised, improved their lives. And now that President Trump's pulled out, they're facing even more hardships under renewed sanctions. I haven't got a job. I am very worried about my future and my family. Are you prepared for hard times? I think it's very harder than today. Well, then tell that to your leadership, then. I mean, if you don't... if yeah. You're the ones who support your current leadership and your current leadership happens to be the reason why you are in the situation you are in. So why, why, why are you talking to us about that? And I'm curious too. Um, and this is actually just breaking right, right now. Uh, it broke about an hour ago that now Israel and Iran are actually trading fire. There's pictures of missiles going back and I mean, they're, it's 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 hot over well, there. Well, predictably, and, and the Iranians said they were going to do that. Yeah. And, and what this is now, though, is this this happened even without the tearing up of the Iranian deal. Absolutely, Th- these guys were lobbying these, for lack of a better term, because you remember the Scuds, right? The Scud yeah. missiles. Oh, yeah. uh, th- this is this is really just a this is really just a volley. And, and and there's really nothing. No, there's there aren't any casualties or that kind of thing. There might be, but Iran said they were going to do this, and, and 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 they were they were after just wait until they actually had a nuclear weapon as a result of the Iran nuclear deal, uh, because they've always hated Israel. They've always talked yep. about promising to destroy Israel. So again, people are going to. Uh, there might be people, and today you'll see the coverage of this. Yeah. And it'll be all about how President Trump made this happen, yep. and this is President Trump's fault. But the reality is, what else is new? Remember, they always t- talked about this with the with ISIS. It's like, don't, you better yeah. not do this. ISIS is going to use they're this as re- a recruiting tool. Yeah, they're going to trigger. Like, no, they're they're, yeah. they're they're already recruiting, yeah. and it, you know they don't need any tools to recruit. They're already violent. Yeah. They're already going to attack you. So the bottom line is, they they these guys hate America. And, of course, Iran hates Israel. That's kind of how it goes. And the American news media hates Israel. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, trust and- me, this story right here will be how Israel overreacted and went out of bounds. Well, President Obama always said that. Yes. It's all, whenever, whenever there's some kind of uh, confrontation... Obama was always like, "Hey, calm down now, please. Uh, don't, 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 don't get all crazy oh, on us, you know." And 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 that's what he would say. He he'd wag his finger Obama! at Israel and say, "Now, don't get too uh, uppity here. Calm yeah. down, you guys." Because because that's always been the left wing viewpoint of Israel is that they are yeah. the aggressors, They're the oppressors. Yes, yes, yeah. and then. 
clearly concerned about regime spies eavesdropping on him, he added. And I got fear when I talking with you in this country. The fact is Iranians feel like hostages, not only to their own corrupt, repressive government, but also to an inexplicably hostile White House. I mean, that's a reporter, okay? Inexplicably hostile White House? That is a reporter, ladies and gentlemen, for CBS News. And not only is she a reporter, Elizabeth Palmer, she's your foreign correspondent. And, and, and she, just, she just editorialized right there and said that the tearing up of the Iran deal is an inexplicably hostile White House move. And it's kind of like, no, we explained why this was torn up. Now, you can disagree with the explanation, right. but keep in mind, Burka wearing Elizabeth Palmer, <laughs> uh, you're not the one who is deciding what is inexplicable and what isn't. You are a reporter. Now, again, I've always said this about the news media, Ryan. If they would just simply say, Elizabeth Palmer, Democrat, or liberal yeah. or whatever and tell me who they are i'm perfectly fine with it but but don't come across because because the assumption is that elizabeth palmer because she is a cbs correspondent okay she's not a cbs commentator right. she's not a cbs panelist she's a foreign correspondent the, the fact that people say oh well then she must be even-handed but also to an inexplicably hostile White House. I mean, come on. That's an editorial right there. And But but people believe in some way, shape, or form. I, I love, I freeze it on her face. <laughs> the burka. And, 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 well, and she's got, come here and look at this for you, Brian. Or, and you, Ryan, you'll, you'll know what I mean. She's, oh, God. <laughs> she's got that kind of like little oh, pouty, oh, disappointed in America face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should, I'm going to take a picture of that. But no, but, but that's what she's doing. And again, <laughs> I you know like for instance when I watch Rachel Maddow okay on yes. MSNBC yep I know who she is I know how she votes I know what her political viewpoints are for the most part and hopefully for her uh, she's not too predictable uh, and, and hopefully for you all out there I'm not too predictable either but at least I you know yeah. what, it's like when I did the Alma report nobody I wasn't trying to convince you that I was somehow an objective reporter. I, I, was, I tried to be fair about things, but I was never balanced uh, about things. And I told people that. I go, I do not have a balanced view of this. I have a point of view. That's how I'm imparting it. So, so if Elizabeth Palmer would just tell us up front that she hates Do or she's a liberal and she has a point of view on it, then I'm more than happy to listen to her you know, with her little scolding, but also family. to an inexplicably hostile White House. <laughs> That's just wild. Well, to an problem. inexplicably hostile White House. The problem is, is that, yes, you know, people, we have those listening right now would know exactly where she stands. But the problem is, is that for the average uh, could be uneducated potential voter who hears that it skews opinion because she's not labeling herself and saying, hey, guys, I'm about ready to give you my opinion, not the truth not, uh, or a fact. I'm going to give you my opinion on this subject. Yeah. I mean, like, for instance, if Brian Williams or, or 
what's his nuts over there at, at, at ABC, David Muir, if these guys yeah. would, would, would simply say, this is how I vote, this is what I do, and then I can evaluate you and, and watch you. It's, it's much like people will watch Sean Hannity or whatever, yeah. uh, and, and they'll, they know where Sean stands. It's very simple. They know what his policy positions are. And they know what his point of view is, uh, and and Tucker Carlson or other people, uh, and and me and you, they know where we're coming from, and then they can evaluate that information. I yeah. never said I would never tell people that that I should be considered your primary source of information, because you know what I, I want you to be able to go out there and say and, and find out more or spread it, spread more facts around regarding a story or what have you, and, and just and, and be more engaged in your information consumption. Right. And so I've never said I'm, I should be your primary source. I'm glad you are there for me, and I'm glad you listen to me, but, I, but, but, but you know where I'm coming from, and you can turn me off anytime you yeah. want to if you want. And I just want to be able to – like if Brian Williams just simply said – I'm a liberal. Good evening. I'm liberal Brian Williams. How are you? <laughs> and this is NBC News. I'm like, that going, cool. would be epic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm, it's great, you know. And I wouldn't want a conservative in the media pretending they're objective either. It, it's kind of, and, and I've always said, and we've talked about this before about the media, that there, there is zero truth to a reporter, any reporter out right. there, saying that they're objective. There's no such thing as objectivity and i don't think that's a bad thing i, think, I don't either i think people should yeah. have points of view on things and obviously you know if it's a it's a warehouse fire you know you could you, a blaze a blaze you can have your opinion about it whatever but what i'm saying is when it comes to this kind of stuff but but and i've all often told people too to be careful about certain things because the reality is it's not always in what people say it's what they don't say. Yeah. It's not always in what people report. It's what they don't report. I've been in newsroom after newsroom after newsroom, and I know how this works. I've seen stories rejected, and I've seen stories approved. And so really, the, the bias that you normally see, you really don't see because it's in the gatekeeping. Who, who is the one that makes that call in a newsroom? Well, it depends. It's it's the executive producer or the news director or usually, in many cases, the assistant news director who's got that. The news director is kind of handling bigger things, okay. budgets and stuff like that, and, and maybe some bigger policy decisions. Now, newsrooms might have changed since I was there a while back. Uh, I actually, at, at, at ABC 30 with the Allman Report, th- there was no real newsroom. I was the... I was the editor or managing editor or whatever you want to title yourself. I never actually talk. I'm the managing editor <laughs> of the Holman Report. It's like, no, just sit up there and do what you do. Shush. Call yourself whatever you are. So I didn't even bother with that. But so I don't know whether newsrooms have changed because uh, back in my day, you had a news director. Sure. You had uh, an executive producer and you had an assistant news director. I'm sorry, news director, assistant news director, executive producer. And that was kind of the... Th- triad and i'm not quite sure because of personnel moves whether there's even an assistant news director these days anywhere sure. but they're the one that the assistant news director is normally the one who is is the one at the ground level making editorial decisions but keep in mind also it's at a reporter level too reporters can pitch a story or not pitch a story 
Like there's a reporter who might yeah. say, hey, uh, might decide that uh, who might have every ability in the world to interview Tony Minetti. Right. Or to interview Austin Peterson or Cortland Sykes or whatever it happens to be. But they choose not to interview them. So when I had Tony on yesterday and we talked about the, how I remember having him on my TV show. And I said, so how many interviews have you done so far? He goes, none, just you. Well, that's a, that, 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 that's an editorial decision. Mm. Tony Minetti's in St. Louis. Right. He's running for right. the nomination for U.S. Senator. And, and TV stations have actively, and, they, and nowadays they have morning shows, mm-hmm. they have noon shows, oh, yeah. they have afternoon shows, they have three nighttime shows. And so it's not like they don't have time to talk to Tony Minetti. I mean, so so their decision is is an editorial one when they decide not to talk to them. So the fact that he's not appearing on the on the on the station in any way, shape, or form is the fact is because they've made an editorial decision not to talk to them. Now, uh, when they do talk to him, they might be biased in that fashion. But keep in mind, bias comes also from the choices that newsrooms and news people make. Interesting. And, and, and that's, or, or maybe in the execution of a story, choices are made who you interview and who you don't. How long that soundbite is from one guy oh, yeah. and how much that soundbite is from other people. And you'll notice, too, that, for instance, with CNN, and keep in mind, CNN is on at airports and in lobbies and everything else. And CNN knows that, all right? So if you look, if you pass by a CNN TV uh, with a channel, a TV with a CNN channel sure. on there, you'll notice the banners at the bottom of the screen. And there's a whole separate operation of individuals who are responsible for the bannering. Of of uh, and the banners they put up on CNN or on MSNBC or any kind of twenty four hour news. Sure, thing. I mean, or even on Fox. Much like there is a whole group of individuals who write headlines. Sure, like reporters at the Post don't write the headlines of the Post articles. There is a headline writer, and so th- these individuals have a hell of a lot of power in terms of what they can do in terms of influencing you. And and all that kind of thing. In fact, I'm kind of back and forth with Austin Peterson. Yeah, now with us, he's going to release a new ad at about ten in the morning. Oh wow! So I think um, is he going to be able to be on? Yeah, hold on a second. Let me just text them back. Um, I'll just say we have to call him. There was what number should he call? But we have to call him, right? Oh, or he can buzz into us. Well, let me just try this, um, and and we'll maybe make it easier. We have to call him. Hang on a second here. There we go. It's interesting uh, so, so, about that. It's interesting about the banners. I mean, there's a there's a completely another opportunity to also bias the news, not based on what is said, but what or, what but based seen. on what is seen. Right. Which, if you do go into like a medical clinic or something like that, oftentimes they that's they'll be all you silent. See. You're just looking. Right. And that's yeah. why the, that's why the thing at the airports and when CNN mm-hmm. is on, uh, they have they can do a tremendous amount of damage. And they can they can have a tremendous amount of, of influence yeah. in how a story is steered. Pay attention to that. Next time you all see a t- TV on on a twenty four hour news station, specifically CNN, because CNN is really very highly focused on that because that's because they know that's really how they're communicating with people visually, 
as opposed to in any kind of audio wise. Mm. And they know that's how they're communicating. So they litter that screen with all kinds of, of bias and all kinds of phoniness and all kinds of allegations. And, and they can steer a story uh, completely sure. that way. One of the things you also, th- if you, if you, if you, if you're one of the people who, who tortures yourself by consuming anything coming out of Shepard Smith's mouth on Fox News, who is just, I don't know what pictures he has of the executives, whether they involve baby ponies yeah. or so, whatever it is, but somehow that guy has somebody's something in a ringer because there's otherwise there's no reason why he, and, 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 and he calls it the news deck, right? Yeah. And, and it'd be different if the it was screen, right? Right. It'd be different if it was Shepard Smith. No, it'd be different if it was the Shepard Smith show, right? Sure. Uh, much like it, like this is called Radio Free Almond. It's called. It's not called uh, news from Radio Free Almond because right. you know what you're getting. Calling it the uh. news deck, you would assume that you're going to get like news. I mean, it, 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 like, or CNN is a cable news network, or and they used to call them the world's most important network. Yeah, but 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 you'd assume then if that's the news deck, then we're going to get news, not commentary. But that's all it is. And 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 if you and if you watch Shepard Smith, as opposed to the other shows, you'll see how easy it is through simply putting things on the cutting room floor. How easy it is to editorialize by omission which is what Shepard Smith mm. does a lot cuz you'll hear stories all morning long or you'll hear you'll hear stuff all day long about of, of about what's what's happening here in terms of the news like the hostage releases yeah. everything else and then the minute you turn Shepard Smith on it's about Russia collusion that's his decision he he knows that today for instance and and I'll I'll give you some homework okay okay so today uh, the folks out there t- today that we've had, we have the release of the hostage with a monumental story, a big story. And now we have some back and forth re- regarding the the missiles with Israel and Iran. We get that, but today I guarantee you, Shepard Smith will uh, be uh, will be st- still talking about Cohen. Yeah, maybe story uh, Stormy Daniels. Oh, he likes that a- one. So- something oh, along yeah. those lines. And and if there is reporting on the on the North Korea thing, it'll be see, told you so. Donald Trump is reckless. Now Israel and Iran are at war. I'm telling you, that's how it's all going to roll. Now let me ask you this though, Ryan. So they say it's nine fifteen. Okay, I'm going to tell them, even though we're off at nine, I'm going to tell them. Can it be? I'm gonna, I'm gonna bargain. I'm gonna bargain. You're gonna bargain. Okay? You guys are Say, listening um, to an on-air bargain can right now. It be now. I won't even say like, can it be in ten minutes? I'm gonna say, can it be now? Because I figured if I could, if they say nine fifteen, right, and I say, can it be now? Maybe they'll say, okay, is eight forty five? That's okay. the number I was. You know yeah, I mean? that's how yeah. we're. Gonna, that's how we negotiate. On-air negotiation. They're good people. Austin Peterson. You know, as much as I love Tony Minetti too, Austin Peterson's organization is really good. The the he's got a lot of really uh, he's not in the office yet. Oh, okay. Well, let me say he's not in the office yet. So my answer then will be: Is he on a cell phone? You're right. Is he on a cell phone? Because <laughs> you guys, come on, Austin Peterson, you guys don't need to be. You guys haven't. You'll go into an office like that. Come on. <laughs>
No, no, I really do like. I love the people who Heather Coyle works with him, and and she's great. And he's got a really good team. These guys are very active in social media. Yeah, and 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 very active in 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 getting out there. And Austin is a great guy. Usually, what happens is what's great about him too is that when he uh, when he does stuff he likes to come into the studio oh really and i I, I like that yeah it's not always possible like tony couldn't do it because he was on his way to columbia and um i'm gonna say let me see we are nine i'm gonna pretend we're done at nine frankly if i have to take him at 9 15 i'll do it well yeah because this is the radio free alma network do whatever we want i could i could i could you know i could go and make myself a egg sandwich and come right back actually sounds delicious i know doesn't it though I know how to make them too, buddy. I'll make one for you. Sometime. Okay. So I said we are done at nine, but but I'm not going to tell them that I can no. take it to nine. Although if they ever hear this, they're probably listening right now. <laughs> they're like, which they're is why trying. I'm really not really good at this negotiation <laughs> thing because I'm negotiating on Facebook Live, watched by thousands of people, <laughs> and on Radio Free Almond. So. I'm like, you know, it's a really bad negotiation. There's not, yeah, there's it's really... like sitting in the finance manager's office at the car dealership <laughs> with your wife going, okay, honey, what are we? And he's just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, like, right. I say offer him 29. <laughs> <laughs> well, honey, I'm willing oh. to go to 31. I, and that's fine because it's, it's good enough. And you guys, if you guys have the time, because we have the time. If you guys are okay with it, we'll go ahead. And, and if they, if they have to say 915, they'll do it. But, if, but um, I don't want to. Cut them off. We'll take as I'll. Here's what we'll do. Done at nine. We will take what we can get. Well, that's not very. I just surrender. Yeah, you right just there, surrender. That was a surrender monkey move right there. Well, we can get. Uh, well, I, you know, uh, we because I, I don't want to just. I can't. I have no excuse. If they want to do nine fifteen, I, I. How am I going to tell them we're done at nine when we're really not? When done you at nine? own the network, I could. I could be. <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, with the exception of maybe eleven. You know, because we gotta, I got, we got other stuff to do. We gotta, right. we gotta, we gotta get this network beefed up, yes. financially and everything else. So there's, we gotta, we gotta kind of do that. And uh, he's driving right now. Can we have him on tomorrow? He's free before nine. No, I'm gonna say no. We'll take him at nine fifteen. They won. Gosh, they really did get you too. Uh, let's see. Well, because I'm more interested in the now, because they have, they have a. Uh, Next is where they sell you the life insurance, the gap insurance, and uh, and the clear coat. Uh, well, he's got. We'll take him at nine fifteen because he's got an ad coming out at ten. Yeah. So I want to be ahead of cool. that because that's what we're all about. We're all about making sure we're on top of things for our esteemed listeners and the viewers on Facebook. So I want to make sure that we're uh, we're ready to go. For Martha, uh, okay. by the way, loves the idea of classical music playing in the background. Well, then let's give it a little whirl here. I'm going I'm to see <laughs> if I can do, uh, uh, let's see something here for you. I'm, I'm going to find something that I have already on file here. And let us see, let us see. I'm a Frederick Chopin fan. Yeah. You're not a Frederick fan? Yeah. Yeah, no. You just, <laughs> you just, you just pulled it out of your rear. I did. I have no, no idea. idea. <laughs> Hold on a second here. I know. I'll just do it. Do you want to? Does, does Martin? Who 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 said that? Her name's Martha. Okay. Does Martha want to hear? Now I can play. I can play. I can, I could play opera, but opera is more vocal. So you might want to have. I'll do this one. I like this one. This is. Um, this is. This is I'll, I know what I'll do. I'll do. I'll go ahead and do. Um, do. 
I got right here. Hold on a second here. Let's see here. Hey, I'll by the way, is that official that, that he's going to be on? We can talk during the classical. <laughs> Not at the beginning, though. Well, no. This is Aaron Copeland. This is great. It's called Appalachian Spring. Of course, I'm not. I'm sure Martha doesn't appreciate me going. <laughs> You're ruining, ruining the show. I know. She was in, she was indicating that we would have a this in the background here. You know what would be perfect? Turn it down. All right, nine fifteen. Uh, just uh, just give me a call number. Uh, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, nine fifteen. Because I want to get on top of it. Because we're releasing a new ad at ten a.m. Here, we're all up. about being on top of things for you. Uh, where the, this is where the news comes first, people. Do you want me to type in the number? I they haven't given it to me yet. Oh, we're gonna call them. Great. Yeah. Hey, do do us a favor, uh, everybody on Facebook, because this is big. Obviously, this is going to be a big interview, uh, and the fact that he's getting ready to release a new commercial. Share. The stream because we're going to keep it on. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll keep it on Facebook. So share the stream. Let everybody know that a potential U.S. senator. Obviously, uh, we did. We had Tony Minetti on yesterday. Now we're going to have him on today. So share that out. Tweet it out uh, to get on www. Yes, I did that for you. RadioFreeAlman.com. www. www. My wife makes fun of me about that. WWW. Yeah, Ryan, I'll just go to www.weather.com. It's really nice to have this back in the background. Oh, my goodness. So, here's the number. Okay. Now, here's the deal. What we'll, here's what we'll also do, Ryan, tomorrow. Is since we're doing the thing after... After hours, so to speak, at 9.15, what I would suggest is that maybe tomorrow in the 6 o'clock hour, we replay the interview we're doing with Austin. We could do that. But just just for the people who, because, you know, people listen, it depends. You know, one of the things about Facebook Live and about, and, and about what we do on the stream here on Radio Free Almond is that we actually have people who come in and out of listening. So we, so like if Tony Minetti was on with us close to seven to eight, right, uh, in that area, right. and you were already at work at 6.30, there's a good chance maybe you missed it. But the bottom line is now that we are digital radio and Radio Free Almond, you could go in and pop it on your laptop on your phone. You could just, just take it with you. Yeah. But still, I guess we're going to have to kind of analyze this about the flow of audience. So it just, just kind of depends. So some people uh, back at the dinosaur station, I would replay some stuff because I knew that in segments people might you know might not be there. But we're a different kind of move here. But I don't know. We'll see how it goes, and, yeah. and, and, and there might be a chance that we'll play it for the six o'clock audience. But nowadays, with everything at your fingertips, yeah, it's kind of like you don't really need that. And we could always, I, I, we'll we'll see about it. And by the way, also keep in mind, people. That we replay Radio Free Allman, the six to nine morning show from three to six on the stream. Every day. Every day. 
from 3 to 6. So if you missed it or you just loved it so much you want to see it again, it's right there up at Radio Free Almond, which, by the way, now we're now countdown to eight days yeah. left for the uh, brand new. The app? Yeah, the, the app. There's going to be a new website eventually coming out here soon. So uh, because we, you know, even blogs and stuff like that that you want to, we got to give you the ability to start doing that again. Hark. I, 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 I see a tiny bunny approaching me. How did you get in here? Oh, you are so cute. Big ears and everything else. Look at you wandering in here around. Oh, is that your bunny companion? Two bunnies now. <gasps> Flowers are popping out of the carpet. Ivy is growing on the walls. I see babies with wings. Are those cherubs? Hmm. Interesting. Do cherubs ever, do you think cherubs ever got, ever got older? Like, like, were cherubs babies? They always look like babies to me. Or were they humans that were just tiny? Tiny humans. I don't think so. I'm not going to take that answer. You don't accept, you think they were children? I thought the cherubs were like babies flying around. I, that's what I thought. I just like how cherubs is in your daily vocabulary, your vernacular. They're not in the daily vocabulary. They're flying around the room, Brian. <laughs> Only because of this music. Yes. It's so beautiful. Oh, is this... Look at that. Is bump. this Debussy? This is Claire de Lune, my friend. Yes. Yeah. Somebody was... Very appreciative of that. We, you could say Debussy if you want to, if you're from Lime. Oh, did I but just... WC is probably the way to... <laughs> I'm so unsophisticated. You know, you did teach me an interesting fact the other day. And I know people were not buying time. Cloud just talking. WC, yes. You taught me... This is a very interesting fact. And I actually shared this with many of my friends. That when you want to lead a dinner like you know be kind of the as you described it kind of the alpha yeah, at a uh -huh. dinner yeah this is wonderful life information by the way because i didn't know this you always order the soup well not only at dinner at lunch normally lunch lunch is the big not lunch is the big power time where I, we were when ryan and i were at the okay. mac we were kind of planning everything out and we were eating lunch, actually, or doing and planning. And, yeah, I pointed out the, the, the one thing you saw with Trump and Romney. Yes. And, and why Romney is such a pansy <laughs> is because President Trump ordered the soup and Romney's just sitting there. Yeah. And, 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 and to me, that's, that was a purposeful that Trump knew that Romney wasn't going to eat the soup because he's such a pansy, probably watching his weight or whatever, right? <laughs> he, or, or there's too much salt. I, I'm not, I, don't like yeah. the soup. It's too, I don't really, cream of broccoli, it's the cream, I really. And, and, and Trump knew he had on his hands this pansy. It's, it's probably why it, it, it cost Romney the Secretary of no State doubt. job because he's like, he's like I'm going to order the soup. Now, Oftentimes, if you are in a boss-employee situation, right? Yeah. 
you should if the if the boss isn't ordering the soup, you should not order the soup. Interesting. See, because, I didn't because know then, this. Well, because then you're then you're kind of then you're kind of alpha male uh-huh. your boss, and that's that should not be working. So normally the power player in the configuration at lunchtime, that's the person who will order the soup. And you always should do what they do in terms of ordering the soup. Like for instance, you or or order maybe some other version, like maybe a salad or something. But if you don't order anything, yeah. And 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 the alpha's making you watch him eat. You're a pansy. So you are. You have immediately had everything below your waist cut off. I will just tell you that the other day, I'm at the lake with my family. We boat up to the restaurant. It's just my wife, my kids. Oh, buddy, I got the soup. Darn right, you did. Oh, I did. And yet, it didn't seem to make a dent. They could have cared less. My kids didn't respect me more. They didn't look at me as like, oh, this is alpha dad. But but see, but but kids are never going to be. They 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 actually learn how smart you are as they get older. So they're going to look back and they're going to be like, oh yeah, oh "Oh, dad ate the soup. Oh yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) Because you know what'll happen is they're going to order the soup Uh. later because because you did it. And they kind of know that you did. And so that's where you're kind of, you know, right there. That was an amazing life lesson in the background with the classical music. Yeah. It was good. It was good. People are saying cherubs are babies. That's what I thought they were. Okay. Because actually, if you're an adult and you're called a cherub, that wouldn't be good. (laughs) If you're an adult flying around with wings, you're an angel. So the cherubs are, 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 let me ask you this, I'll further this. Are cherubs baby angels? I don't think, I think angels are only one age. Let's talk about the alpha male lunch activity and the boss activity one more time here, okay? Okay. Furthermore, we talked about this, and Ryan, I uh, told you this, not only about the soup deal, mm-hmm. and, and, and I believe Romney lost the Secretary of State job because he didn't order the soup when Trump did. And I also believe that Trump knew he wasn't going to order the soup. So Trump basically set him up. And they'd say, well, why didn't he, why didn't he get the Secretary of State And he goes, because the pansy didn't order the soup. Whew. It's, it's kind of like when these guys go overseas. He, like, when, like when he went over with, who was, the, who was the other Secretary of State guy who was the... Uh, my brain is mush. Who was the mobile, uh, the oil guy, Exxon oil guy? Oh, I know. How is that possible? Well, he, he, I know. I know. Uh, Rex. Yeah, Rex Tillerson. Rex Thank Tillerson. You. So, Jeez. so Rex Tillerson really angered President Trump when Tillerson wouldn't eat a salad because this given to him by a foreign entity because the lettuce was too wilty. You know this to be fact. Ab- absolutely. Just just Google Tillerson salad, lettuce, and you'll see it. And 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 because Trump knew, it's like you when you're given that you eat that salad. You don't. You, you need to eat the salad. But anyway, okay. So anyway, another tip for you. Okay. And I've told people this, and you guys were mesmerized by this one because this was this was this was kind of new to you. So. I'm feeling like people are leaving the stream. Maybe not. All right. So, so, so. No, one not. one thing that you need to watch out for, and maybe this is even with your dating or doing whatever, 
people who get their food and salt it before they taste it are not reliable individuals. That was never me anyway. Right. But but there there are people who uh, like if you're if you're hiring people a lot of people who they'll they'll look at you and they will see whether or not you if you salt your food before you taste it they'll look at you as a person who is basically indulgent mm. maybe even a little self-centered and maybe even someone who might be slightly reckless because you've done something without knowing what the content is you just did it because either you wanted more salt or you didn't trust the fact that it t- you didn't taste it before you salted it. Yeah, it's like savage. It's, it, it seems very indulgent yeah. and crazy to me. And they'll look at your fingernails. Oh, I like if you, you chew something. your fingernails. I keep a clean set of fingernails. Right, like it, like if you chew your fingernails. I tell my I tell my sons this usually because it's I don't know for whatever reason we all had, it runs the family. Well, and it's not just it's 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 that you don't have you you're nervous about like you're nervous about something mm. like like people who have like chew their face that kind of thing. There's something not together. Oh, I there. agree. Now keep in mind, I I'm not all that technically mental together mentally together. I'm just saying that that <laughs> that I hide it better. Uh, <laughs> you just know the I, I just, rules. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, <laughs> I just say, oh, I'm not gonna bite my. F- I'm gonna bite. I'm gonna bite my finger. And I go, oops, no, they're gonna know. Shoot. Delisa says, so pulling hot sauce out of my bag is a no. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. well, here's the deal. No, in fact, in fact, I admire people who do that because that's that's not that's something you you prefer hot sauce with something, and some people might not not have the proper hot sauce. That shows you to be a deliberative. Pre-planner. Uh, well, pre-planner, a deliberative person, and a person who knows what you want. All right? And, and that, that's somebody who I would actually admire. I, I, I know people who do that. I think bringing your own hot sauce is good. Now, the salt thing is different because, because you're doing that, and it's just something you don't even know the content of the salt. Now, you know mm-hmm. when you're given a and, – and, and maybe you prefer – the uh, Tabasco over the Crystal hot sauce. And so you always bring a little bottle of Crystal or a little bottle of Tabasco, depending on what you know they serve or whatever else. That's just you being, you, you being a good controller sure. of your environment. And, and if you're going to eat and if you're going to spend the money on the food you're eating, you might as well have it done to your taste. Yeah. The bottom line is, though, you don't know with salt. You're just like piling it on there. You have no idea what, 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 what that is. No. So, no. Delisa, uh, no, I, I definitely think grab that. I think I th- that, that's a person who knows what they want, and I would, I would, that okay. would be that would be a person who. Now, I, I think you're going to say, well, what's the distinction between yeah. that and salt? No, yeah. that's that's you really kind of just salting something, right? You didn't bring your own boat. salt, yeah, right? Exactly. No, it's sitting on the table at Steak and Shake, <laughs> right? Exactly. So I mean, so so, but the people who have, I, I admire people, and plus, also, if you're a woman. Right, yeah, and you're bringing your own hot sauce. That's golden because women who eat are very well respected in 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 our circles. You know what I mean? I do know. What I you love because w- it's it's terrible when you go out and they won't like they're like you know they yeah. they won't eat. No, like, I, oh. I I find I find a woman who eats 
and who is I'm, unafraid and everything else, I, I find I'm that to be you. a very admirable quality when a woman just says, you know what, I'm gonna, it doesn't matter what you're eating necessarily. What I'm saying is a woman who, who actually eats is, to me, gold. To me, this is... I hired him a second. I, I, I like politics, don't get me wrong. I know. But these are the things that you can apply to your own life Absolutely. Today. Oh, yeah. 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 Now, a person who I remember, and now now you're getting into other things, uh, to to me, and I'm not I, I'm not really one of these people who's that much of a of a stickler. I'm not fastidious by any sense of the matter. But but I also was raised a certain way, and usually it was my grandmother's rules that that were predominant. Like, okay. For instance, like people. I'm, I'm sorry if you. I don't know. If you eat with your elbows on the table, oh. that is absolutely not cool. My dad, when I was a kid, he would... My dad's probably listening to this. <laughs> I mean, if I put my elbows oh. on the table, I would get just oh. smacked. I know. Oh, man, it would hurt. There was no warning. Yeah. Yeah. I elbows mean, on the table. Uh, uh, yeah. <sighs> and some people eat with their forearm on the table. And I'm telling you, you're never going to get a job if you're eating like that. And if you did get get a job, you're getting a job from a boss who eats with his elbow on the table. You don't even want that job. <laughs> what I'm saying is that, like, so my grandmother, man, I'm telling you, it was just if you put your elbow, elbows on the table, it was like yeah. everything, everything stopped down. It was like, get your elbows off now the table. Now, my elbow's on this table, but, <laughs> but I'm not, not eating. eating. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. The other thing, so I'll never forget this. There was a guy who worked at Channel 5. Okay. And he was a the financial guy there. Somebody was out at a restaurant. <laughs> it's kind of horrible, but somebody was out at a restaurant, and they saw him eating with his mouth open. Okay, like I'm talking about. Yeah, like smacking. Yes. Um, I like that. You know what this is? This is this is actually the London Philharmonic Orchestra. That's wonderful. And their rendition of Cashmere by by. By the uh, Led Zeppelin. Oh, I hear it. They're happy to hear that. Eric Nakuti's loving the life lessons. He says, "Thank you, <laughs> thank you for Dr. this Nakuti. wisdom." Because we get a lot of life lessons from Doctor Eric. Here we do. NakutiWellness.com. So, to my point, so they saw him eating with his mouth open. Okay. Which is also, like, that's... It's bad. That's bad. And and somebody said it changed their viewpoint of him forever. (laughs) So they'd see him on TV... And, 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 and they couldn't get their vision out of their, their head of him eating with his mouth open. See, I, I, I that's tough for me, though, because I enjoy my food so much. Like, so, okay, true story. Like, if I'm alone, <laughs> I feel like I can taste the food better if I can kind of, like, chew a little bit more with my mouth open. Well, you know what? You could use it when, when you get to the pearly gates and God's like, dude. You were chewing with your mouth open. You say, no, I was oxygenating my food. That's exactly what I was doing. It's pre-digestion. I, I was rarefying my food <laughs> with, with the air of the Lord. That's People make the, fun of me don't. because they say I'm a, a loud eater. Like, they send me loud eater memes. 
Oh. Like, I get memes all the time. Like, I actually, Eric's <laughs> wife sent me one the other day because it's a panda chewing on a carrot. <laughs> and it's like the loudest thing ever. And she's like, familiar, Ryan. It's kind of like Aiden, who you met via the yes. phone last night. Yes. Like, uh, but Aiden drinks, I don't know what it is, but he drinks, he's like, <laughs> drinking out of, out of, I'm like, Aiden, stop, what are you, do- how is it possible that you're doing, <laughs> just keeps, okay, and one more thing, and, and this is just something I was taught that I don't really necessarily think is a bad thing, but my grandmother certainly did, so, when you hear when the levee breaks, the version, same thing, this is, this is, this is the London Philharmonic Orchestra doing the levee, when it, when the levee breaks. That would be water and probably a levee. What's happening there? I don't know. I okay. think the levee's breaking. <laughs> so that's only I, the only thing I can assume by a song called When the Levee Breaks. I think the levee's breaking and people are running. <laughs> Come on, London. London Philharmonic Horse. There you go. Oh, yeah. Why do you think they had to put, like, it, it, the, the London Philharmonic Orchestra, did, did they think it was necessary to have levee-breaking sound effects in that whole thing? They were pretty talented. So, anyway, my grandmother, my grandmother, by the way, made the best rhubarb pie imaginable. And by the way, at 9.15, stick around, people, because we're going to have, we're going to have Austin Peterson on with us. At 10 o'clock in the morning, they're going to be unleashing a brand-new ad what if they could send that to us? Yeah. Um, oh, they said there's also a... They, this is the person from Austin Peterson. There's also a debate Friday. I go, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, by the way, if you're listening to this and you want to come to that debate, it is this Friday night. It's at Rockwood Summit High School in Fenton. Uh, and it's from, what is it, 7 to 9? 7 to 9.30. Yeah, 7 to 9.30. This Friday, it's open, obviously, to the public. Uh, the only requirement that Jamie has is that you wear RFA gear there. Waiting for you almond hats, T-shirts. We'll have some available outside of yeah. it for you, too. And they're letting me hang the banner. No. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. This is the one ninety-seven one pulled out. Didn't want anybody to think to do with anymore. They had a couple of people who were going to be the panelists, and they stopped doing it. So, oh, well. All right. So, quickly. to my, my So, my grandmother... Who made the best rhubarb pie imaginable, and, and it was really good. It was rhubarb pie, but it didn't have strawberries in it, man. It wasn't like strawberry rhubarb pie. This was rhubarb pie, like the, the legit. Yeah, and I think strawberry rhubarb pie. If you make it, I'm not saying it's illegit. I'm just saying that that you, know, you use sugar and everything else in the rhubarb pie. So she made it so delicious, and and we would tell her. So one time we made the bad mistake. One time I said, Grandma, I love your rhubarb pie. It's delicious. And she was, of course, raised as a Mennonite and that's on that side of the family. And they were very strict about stuff like this. And she said, you cannot love a food. Yeah. That, was, that was after I told her I loved her rhubarb pie. That was, she was like, you can't. You cannot love a food. You can only love another human being. Kelly's really big on that. My wife's really big on yeah. that. And like I've if, never, I've yeah. never forgotten it. Yeah. And I, I don't 
do it. She thinks we throw the word love, or and I, I agree. We throw the word love. I, I, I love pizza. I love. <laughs> it's like you're watering down the word love. <laughs> yeah, kind of like. Because then you're like, I love you, honey, and you're like, well, as much as the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that was uh, that was with the kids. Sometimes I kind of I feel like I'm re living that to a certain degree. I remember having a big lesson with, with Aiden uh, uh, about texting. Yeah. He was texting me. And with my kids, I, I, with my kids, whether it's on the phone or whether it's texting, every single one of them, I'm going to copy this Austin Peterson ad and send it to you on the phone. Great. Is that, Great. Do, that, do that? Yeah. Uh, let me oh, my gosh. Do I almost. <laughs> what did you just do there? I almost spilled my doing? This music kind of... Uh, is this music? Um, I really like it. I didn't know it had that level of potential for the show. Oh, he's calling out Attorney General Hawley. Whoa. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. This will be good, guys. What's he holding? Hey, Is he holding a chicken? Make sure you, if, you, if you're on, <laughs> if you're, I do see that. If you're on oh, the live a, stream. A, oh, my God. It's a, it's a rooster. Yeah. This wow, is going to be good. Gonna be if good. you're on the live stream, please, please, please hit that share button and and and, and, and tell people that. We're getting ready to have him on. Share that so that way we can get a bunch of people to be able to hear this because this will be good. Is that a rooster or a hen? What is that thing? That's a rooster. That's a rooster, man. Oh, yeah. I say, I say, (laughs) Rooster Cogman will have none of Austin Peterson holding him in his arms. This will be good. I know. Yeah. You get it? Yeah, I got it. What do you want me to do with it? Can we play it on the air? Yeah. Yeah. I actually could, you know what I could do is I could stick it in, stick this thing into my phone and play it off my phone. Can you do that? I can. I'll, I'll handle that. It doesn't sound like you really want to. No, 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 no. I can. <laughs> I might. Uh, uh, oh, I maybe. I don't know. I have to file a court order for this one. <laughs> An injunction. Lack of preparation on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. <laughs> I always love, you know what I love to see those? And normally when you see those signs, those little okay. obnoxious placards, those are usually on a government worker's cubicle. Yeah. I'm sorry. Lack of preparation on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. That was insensitive. What do you mean? It was insensitive. That was my rooster cog- cogboard <laughs> thing. What about if there's a government worker that's listening to this? Take your sign down, because we don't like them. <laughs> we don't like it. All right, so back to the texting thing, and, and then Austin Peterson about this. So I, I, I had a big thing. So when I, when I talk to my kids on the phone, whether it be Ethan and Katie, who is, are 28 and 26 up there in New York and Chicago, or I text them, every single time I text them, I say, I love you, Dad. Yeah. Every single time. Okay. Because I think texting and email has gotten way too impersonal. I don't, I'm, I'm uncomfortable when I email somebody not signing my name. Not like putting my name at the bottom. Well, yeah. I I think that's normal. Okay. You got to put your name at the but, bottom. But 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 people do that. This, this terse texting and terse emailing. I'm not really. I don't put my name, name at the bottom of a text, though. I'm going to be honest with you. 
Well, no, I, I, I don't either. I mean, you and I text. But yeah. when, like when I, when I, when I like with Tony Minetti or something, oh, well, or something like that, yeah. I might text somebody. Thanks for being on the yep. show. Uh, really great job. All the best, Jamie. Right. That's what I'll say. You know, I mean, I'll do that. So I had to, I had to um, tell Aiden this when I was teaching him texting. I put it on Facebook actually, because he started to text me and didn't say "I love you" at the end of the text. And I don't demand that he love me. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but I didn't want my... At the time, he was like uh, 11 or 12. And I, I, I didn't like the idea of my 12-year-old just texting me something that doesn't have an end to it. Is that weird? You're going to have to get over that. Well, I, I, I will eventually. Okay. No, I can't. No, going you're going to gonna have to. I'm not going to. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I, I can't. Is that too demanding? To I mean... Like, if we're in a conversation, not every single thing has to do it. But if you're asking me something or call, doing something, like that, I don't know. Or maybe I will. I'm going to let you work that one out. <laughs> it's a Pavarotti or whatever. Pavarotti or whatever. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's sad. I'm like I'm real judged this session. Is this Puccini or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> what is that, George Washington? Or whatever. That more George Washington guy. <laughs> this is beautiful, actually. This is this is from uh, Turandot. Or Turindo, I don't know. This is actually the. This is actually really cool. You've heard of Zubin Maida, right? So he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) The music. He does that stuff to me on purpose because he knows I have no clue. Young Ryan, let me tell you. You need to sign every text with I love you, Ryan. <laughs> and you must not put your elbows on the table. Oh, that. Not chew with your mouth open. And don't salt your food before you taste it. And when the boss orders the soup, you. Do two. It's good, Jamie. All the lessons in one little fell Man. swoop, as it were. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And now we're getting ready to bring uh Austin Peterson. Austin on. Peterson on. This is gonna be good. They said 915. Come on, is he in the office I now? Know. Just call Come him. On. I'm call him now. Call him. Huh? I'm gonna call. Is it the Meet the Press? <laughs> what are we, Chuck Todd? You know what? You're wandering into every trap I set. <laughs> this is the Olympic theme. Oh, okay. <laughs> Meet the Press. Here comes Austin Peterson, marching in as a carrier of the torch. You have reached the voicemail they of. They won't do it. They're like, nope, we told you. 915. 
They are not given an inch on this one. Well, let's go back to watching the German ski team <laughs> handle this mountain. Who <laughs> was the announcer this year? The big favorite. There was, boy, there was some strange announcers this at this uh, at this most recent Olympics. Do you see the one's hair? Was the guy? Oh, I think he was the figure skater for the figure skating. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he was a famous figure skater. Oh, he had an outfit on. He looked like something from the Hunger Games. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not I thought, belittling. No, 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 no. I know you're not. I mean, because I, I had the same viewpoint. Because it was, I was kind of like, he's, he's, a, he's a really good. He, the, the thing is, he's a really good commentator. Yeah. And I'm thinking, dude, why are you dressed I like agree. in a kimono? Yeah. Because you're distracted. I mean, I don't. You, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I like to have. I, you can be who you are. Sure. But I'm just saying that. Why would you purposely dress? In a kimono, yeah, or like a geisha girl or whatever. When you have so many great things to say, it'd be different if you like kind of didn't have anything going right. and you want to distract. But but now you're kind of distracting. Yeah, I felt the exact same way, and I really actually enjoy watching the figure skating. Me too. This figure skating was outstanding. Oh, it was awesome. America didn't do super hot this year. But it wasn't bad. A lot of people are tweeting about the uh, about the interview that's getting ready to come up. So if you're on Twitter, tweet it. If you're on you guys, Facebook, share it. Have you guys? Um, have you ever heard of the? Have you ever heard of the piano guys? Yeah, a lot of people were asking about that. These guys are really good. Listen to this. <laughs> like DJs now. The piano guys. Uh, I when love we started this. this thing a few years ago, we thought, how are we going to sustain this? It was when our founders stepped in. Uh, they saved us. They actually created... There's a little thing here. Listen. Video's great, too. That's a cello. If I just turn it off, then you want me to do that? <laughs> Make you happy? Don't take it personal. So do you? So can you play the ad? Yeah, Here, I'll play that. Am I allowed to do that? Oh, here's a backup number. Why are they giving us a backup number? Austin is ready. Here. Okay. Here's the phone number.
Good morning. How are we doing? Good morning this morning. Uh, Austin Peterson, my old friend, Austin Peterson. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Jamie, man. Hey, congrats on your new studio, brother. It looks great, and I'm so happy to see you out there uh, still kicking ass, brother. Hey, man. Thank you, and really happy to see you out there doing the same. And I was just complimenting you and your team uh, early on uh, the, the in the broadcast here as we were trying to get getting you hooked up. Because I'll tell you, Austin Peterson, and I, I said this before and a long time ago, you have a great staff, a great team. You are a go-getter. You embraced this run from the very beginning. You were out there on Twitter. You were out there in social media. You were out there when other people weren't out there physically. And, man, I've been very impressed with your candidacy. And it doesn't surprise me in the, in the slightest, but I'm just very impressed with how you've been uh, – Get it on, brother. And thanks so much for your support in the wake of all this. But you know what? We're on. We moved on. You know, it's been 30 days, and we're, we're now Radio Free Almond, and we are actual network, dude. So, so we've got 24-7 live streaming and everything else. Our Facebook is going crazy. And so we're back. We're just in a different formulation. Well, brother. you've got you, – you think I've got a great team. You've got a great team. You've got people like Paula Harden and Jeannie Ames oh, and yeah. all these wonderful ladies out there in St. Louis who love you and have been, you know, doing everything they can to get this pulled together. And, I mean, I'm just super impressed. You know, we've been rolling around the state, Jamie, in our uh, Liberty Express, this 40-foot-long bus with the campaign logo on the side, getting people excited about firing Claire McCaskill. And, you know, Missouri really is just a very, you know, you know, handshake kind of a state. You know, you got to show up. It's, again, show me state, right? You got to yeah. show up. That's why, you know, I'm so excited for the debate tomorrow night. And I'm really ticked off at Josh Hawley, who wants to be Lord Rulers over Emperor over all of us. And, and thinks that he deserves our vote without having to show up to any of these events or having to debate his primary opponents, because I think Republicans in the state of Missouri deserve to know where he stands. And, you know, a lot of them are deserting, you know, like the sinking ship, right, the proverbial sinking ship. Uh, this morning, the former sheriff of Cole County, Missouri, endorsed my campaign. We've got so many great local people jumping on board and national people. I think I've got the best shot to beat not only Josh Hawley, but Claire McCaskill in the fall. You know, it's interesting because I think that it's I, 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 I'm surprised that Republicans haven't learned this lesson already. And that is that if you think that if you just hide and don't and, and just go on this uh, don't make mistakes type of approach, kind of thing. Uh, people aren't going to, you can't assume that people are going to be out there for you. And, and I will tell you that going back in time, I think I, and I will, I, Jim talent and he and I are friends and he has acknowledged this. And so I'm not saying anything out of school here, but Jimmy, I remember when I was on 97, one, and this was back when he was running for us Senate. And this is why Claire McCaskill's the next it became the next us Senator and beat Jim talent. And Jimmy made the mistake of assuming that people who listened to my show were already going to vote Republican. Well, what happened is, so, so he never, he didn't appear on my show very often. And the person who did appear on the show very often was none other than Claire McCaskill, because right. I'm being fair and everything else. And Claire p- put herself out there as this centrist individual, and I'll be darned if she didn't win that, I think in large part because she just he just assumed that he already had it in the bag. Josh seems to have similar inclinations, as judged by the lack of his appearance at Lincoln Day events. He doesn't seem to be necessarily 
working very hard, and I, I've known him. I've respected yeah. his past work before, but but you know, and 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 to me, that's not. I'm not trying to just bash him gratuitously. I'm saying people see that nowadays. Missourians and Americans are a lot more tuned in to what's going on here, and he's got to be careful. But listen, man, you're the one. I mean, yeah. If you're, if Can I'm I, saying, let me just say one thing about that. And I'll, yeah. I'll, I just want to follow up with your point on that. I mean, I'm having a hard time trying to decide whether, you know, his investigation into the governor makes him more like James Comey, whether his invest, you know, whether his inevitability narrative makes him more like Hillary Clinton <laughs> or whether he's the ringer that's supposed to win the primary and lose the general. And he's like Mitt Romney. So, you know, it's like Comey, you know, Hillary Romney trifecta of like, all the worst of American politics. And again, you know, again, it, I always say, if you like your attorney general, you can keep him in <laughs> Jefferson City. Let him do the job he promised to do, right? And then send me, send the attack dog for liberty to Washington, D.C., and I'm going to go make people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer's lives a living hell. I've been fighting big government status for 10 long years at the right hand of Judge Andrew Napolitano. You know, I was his producer, his top dog. Yeah. And frankly, I think if you if you want somebody who can beat Claire, consider this, Jamie. The last time Claire ran, the libertarians in this state took 6%, right? So if you had a candidate who could get all the Republican votes, that's 50%. All of the libertarian votes, that's 6%. Well, you got a victory right there. But I also think I can get a lot of independents and a few Democrats as well. Nobody's going to raise more money than Claire on the Republican side. So you're going to need somebody who can reach across the aisle and who's going to work harder. Well, I am the hardest working man in the Republican Senate primary. So I hope that your listeners will consider voting for me then. Well, and you know what, Austin? It's not just even about when, when, when I was talking about Hawley and his, his seeming laziness. It's not that I'm trying to give him advice. What I'm trying to say is that Americans look at what look at the last seven days of the President Trump candidacy and how he was just pounding it. He was in he was in Wisconsin and he was in uh, Pennsylvania. He was in Reading. He was in these places and he, and you saw this guy working really hard and 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 the tail end it was like how could you not respect this guy because if he's working that hard in terms of getting his hands dirty. How great is he going to be in terms of executing strong policy decisions? And lo and behold, we saw that. So energy is not just a thing. It's, it, it translates into ability to get things done or undone, for that matter. It, it does, yeah. And Claire McCaskill has been, you know, to her credit, has been doing the hard work. She's been doing town halls. As a matter of fact, I actually, a little bird told me that Claire McCaskill had, had, has been speaking to some of the Republicans here in Missouri saying, hey, what is your guy doing? Why isn't he campaigning? Do, do you know, Jamie, that apparently they have caught Josh Hawley in the gym in Columbia when he's supposed to be at work in Jeff City something like 86 times? He's out there pumping iron when he's supposed to be doing, doing his job in Jefferson City. Listen, I know this for a fact because I got people that are out there in Columbia too. My friend, my fans are everywhere. They're like, "Why is Josh in Columbia at 11 a.m.? He's supposed to be in Jefferson City, so he can't even do the job we elected him to do." What makes you think that he's not going to go to D.C. and do the exact same thing? Uh, you know, at this point, Jamie, I think it's a name ID thing. We got to get our name ID up. And as far as the candidate, the grassroots alternative to Josh, who can actually do that, I'm the only grassroots candidate who's got a debt-free campaign who's running in the black, 
who has the operation statewide to be able to get that name ID up, you know, the basics, phone bankings, yard signs, and the ability to deliver a message that will unite Missourians of all stripes. Mm. I'm the only guy who can do it. I got the numbers to prove it. And I hope that your listeners will join my campaign so I can take over the government and leave everyone alone. There you go, man. And I think, I think the Senate needs more well, I wouldn't say independent-minded, but I think it needs more strong constitutional conservatives who are up there, who are, you know, sometimes President Trump doesn't always make the right decisions, and there's, it's great. that's why the Senate is there. That's why the Founding Fathers were so brilliant in their in their design of the Senate, which was basically a a break a break on the on government. So I think I think it's a, it's a it's a very important position and very important body, and it's very important to have people like you who are living the Founding Fathers' dream of a U.S. senator. You know. Jamie, thank you so much for saying that, because, listen, we criticized Obama for his cult of personality. And it was like everything that he says is is the word of, you know, of God. And, and you know, the whole point of a checks and balances is that, you know, no one person can be right all the time. So if we have good senators who are there who can be like Rand Paul, you know, the Trump whisperer and can say, hey, you know, we, we really need to be moving in this direction. Right. And, and again, mind you, Rand Paul was like the only guy who was saying no to this. trillion omnibus, you know, people like, there were a few others like Mike Lee and Ted Cruz. But again, what you want to do is you want to have senators in there who can, who can influence Trump because he's not an ideologue, right? He's a businessman who operates from his gut. He's got good gut instincts, but nobody's right 100% of the time. That's why you need good constitutional conservatives in the Senate to go in there and offer him some backup. And thank you for saying that, Jamie, because I think it's so important, because what I don't want to have happen here in Missouri is that all of the anti-establishment candidates split up our votes because, again, look at the numbers. I'm the only guy on paper you can see. I'm the only guy who's got the shot to beat Josh and then beat Claire, and we've got to have somebody who can unite the grassroots. That's what the debate is about tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to having a chance to stand there on stage. I hope Josh Hawley does show up, because if he ends up being the next senator from Missouri for whatever reason, then I want to know where he stands. And so I'm looking forward to tomorrow night, telling people where I what I believe. I'm totally transparent. You know, you may not always agree with me, Jamie, but you'll always know where I stand, and that is the big difference between me and Attorney General Josh Hawley. That's for sure. Sure. Well, I'm moderating that debate tomorrow night, so I'll make sure I bring some uh, Radio Free Almond gear for you, too, then, Austin, that's for sure. Nice. Yeah, please do. And I'll, I'll bring some AP swag for you, too, <laughs> All right, man. Well, so you have a new and, – and by the way, speaking of, of the role of your role in the Senate, we also desperately need senators – uh, who are going to balance out the guys like Lindsey Graham and some of these other dudes who, to me, are just are, are there not they're not really helping President Trump. They're not really advancing things as much as they are obstructing. And, and again, you guys aren't sycophants. I get it. What I'm saying is you. But 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 when I say in terms of your viewpoints, even for Rand Paul, to me, when he questions certain things, he's helping my president. He's not hurting him, blocking him, whatever. And so we need more of that as opposed to some of these guys who are swamp creatures who just want to kind of pull President Trump under the water. 
Oh, yeah, well, can I just say one thing about that? Listen, Josh Hawley is telling everybody exactly what they want to hear. If you ever hear a politician telling you everything that you want to hear, if you agree with the politician 100% of the time, just double-check your premises there because they may be lying to you. They may be telling you just what you want to hear just so that they can get elected. And We've sent a lot of Republicans to Washington, D.C. who say one thing on the campaign trail and then do the opposite. Remember Josh's inconvenient ladders ad? Oh, I'm going to do the job as attorney general. And then, you know, Abraham Lincoln once famously said, if, if you want to test a man's character, give him power. And that's how you really will know the, the quality and character of a man. Well, here's what have we seen with Josh Hawley. He took $50,000 from Eric Greitens for his campaign. And as soon as Eric Greitens was in the way of him climbing the ladder, he threw him under the bus. What makes you think that he will have anything like loyalty to the president when he becomes the next senator from Missouri, or if he becomes, because I'm doing everything I can to make sure that doesn't happen. I think the attorney general has a clear conflict of interest here in the state of Missouri. He should have recused himself. And uh, frankly, you know, again, if you don't want the job, you know, don't run for the office because we don't want to have another handpicked Mitch McConnell golden boy going to Washington, D.C., pushing for gun control, pushing because frankly, uh, he is to the left of Obama on gun control. He's for warrantless surveillance. So he would have voted with McCaskill on warrantless surveillance. And if you take the king's coin, you're going to have to sing the king's song. If you're Mitch McConnell's boy, he's going to make you vote for the omnibus bill. This is a conservative state. Let's send a constitutional conservative to Washington. So a half hour from now, Austin Peterson and his campaign are going to be unleashing a brand new ad. And I'm seeing a freeze frame of the ad. And there's a ladder in it. And there is an Austin Peterson in it. And he's holding a rooster. So can we play that, Ryan? Are we we good? Are we okay to do that? Um, yeah, go ahead, guys. Play the ad, yeah. All right, hold on here. Did you know that Josh Hawley was more than happy to take $50,000 of campaign money from Eric Greitens? But once Greitens got in the way of him climbing the political ladder, he threw him under the bus. So here's the good news. If you like your attorney general, you can keep him. I'm challenging attorney general Josh Hawley to a Republican primary debate. So far, he's refused. What's the matter, Josh? <laughs> Chicken? <laughs> I'm Austin Peterson, and I approve this message. Dude, that chicken. <laughs> you guys, you want to know what's so great about that is that is a real chicken on the Peterson farm out in Peculiar, Missouri. That is that is my my dad's chicken, and that chicken actually clucked on command. That was not that is not a sound bite. That is a real chicken clucking right there. You didn't there. squeeze so, him or anything. That is one hundred percent legit. That's crazy, buddy. And you know what's actually cool about that 100% legit? I think that's one of the first times I've actually seen a Republican who was on actually a farm that he owned, that, 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 that yeah. he actually had, that yeah. he's actually in his family. Because normally you're, th- these guys are out there scouting out farm locations and, and, and that kind of stuff. They're know? like, we need a bald eagle, we yeah, need right, golden exactly. retrievers. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Buddy. That farm is the farm that I was raised on out in Peculiar. The, my mother and father raised me there. I went to you know Ray Peck High School, and you know I, I was educated here in San Missouri. I wasn't like Josh. I didn't go Ivy League. You know I wasn't a, a I'm not a constitutional lawyer. But you know Barack Obama was a constitutional lawyer, so I guess it just doesn't mean much anymore. 
um, you know, that's why I think that uh, Josh needs to return that money to, to Eric Greitens or he needs to refuse himself or he needs to do something to get himself out of this mess. Frankly, if anybody should be stepping down from their position, it should be Josh, because frankly, I think that he's he's put himself out there. When I go to rural counties in Missouri, and I've been to a lot of them, they are ticked off that the attorney general couldn't wait until the criminal trial before he threw the governor under the bus. And, 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 you know, if he had actually showed up to any of these Lincoln days events or actually traveled around the state to meet with people, he would probably be hearing that from them. I mean, why do you think that Roy Blunt, the master player came out and said, there's a legal process and a legislative process and let's trust the process. You know, Jamie, if you defend the constitution, it may not always be popular, but it's always the right thing to do. And at the end of the day, if he's exonerated or whether he's not, you, you can always say, I defended the Constitution, and that's always the right play. So, frankly, that's why I'm running. I think I'm the most honest man. I'm the most principled man and the hardest working man with the best shot to win, Jamie. And I hope I can convince you that by August 7th. Well, you know what? You just kind of extended and, and put a nice little bow on some of our kid-raising stuff we were talking about earlier because that's one thing I always tell the kids, and you, you kind of put it in a political structure there and a constitutional structure, but I always tell them that doing the right thing isn't always the easiest thing, but it's always the right thing. So there you go. Hey, man, listen, I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow and it'll be a, a great event. And of course, it's too bad that for, at least for now, we know Josh Hawley is going to be there. And of course, look for Austin Peterson's ad to be unleashed. What do you do? Twitter, Facebook, your website, everything else? Yep. Yep, AP for Liberty on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. AP, the number four, Liberty. If you want to find us on our website to volunteer, register, get a yard sign, maybe make a donation, that's austin4senate.com. Austin, the number four, austin4senate.com. Hook us up. Jamie, don't take it easy on us tomorrow night. I want some hard questions, brother. All well, right? yeah, we've got a, People in Missouri deserve to know. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly who everybody is on the panel, but I think we've got a good panel there. So, yeah, well, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be rocking, brother. All right, man. Drain the swamp, Jamie. Have a good one. Definitely. You too, man. I appreciate you very much. That is uh, Austin Peterson. So tomorrow we've got got Tony Bonetti yesterday and Austin Peterson today. Love his energy. Yeah, I do too. And Tony rocked it too. And Cortland Sykes is going to be in tomorrow. So we've got all three guys who are actually going to be at the debate coming in. We'll have them by the end of the week. We'll have them all on with you. And uh, check it show. out. Make sure you check it out on Facebook. Don't forget, we are replaying Radio Free Almond today at 3 o'clock on the Radio Free Almond Network. So thank you, Common Sense Nation. Appreciate your support. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.